0: football baseball basketball and more you're listening to fan tracks radio the home of fantasy sports talk Rotoware.com. Rotoware. Big shout out to the Rotoware uh, company. It's so comfortable. Can't recommend them enough, man. Yeah. High quality
1: t-shirts. Shout out to Rotoware.com. You see me rocking the shirts on the videos and stuff like that. Where'd you get that? Rotoware. That is courtesy of Rotoware. It's just it's just the highest quality of shirts. Yeah, I really like the baseball designs you got here. The shirt is beautiful. Everybody who
0: I've talked to who has the shirt basically says they can't believe how good the quality is. Yeah,
2: kid. I've seen you've been getting
0: a lot of love. You said you've been only running for a little over a month are out shirts. I'm seeing fantasy personalities everywhere. this guy's shirt. I love the Run DFS shirt. It comes with baseball cards with all the different shirts on it. Roto on Twitter. Check out Roto Oh my god, is this,
1: is this shirt making love to me right now? Like, what's going on? I love this shirt. Hello, out there, and welcome to the Fantasy World Order Fantasy Baseball Podcast, presented by the Fan Tracks Podcast Network. I am Pat Donovan, joined by the leader of the evil empire, oh Nick Legatino.
0: Guys, it is officially Fantasy Baseball Draft Week. I'm excited.
1: No, it's St. Patrick's Day week. Fantasy Baseball Draft Week is next week. Right, whatever. And Joe Saunders. Wow, Pat, just poo-pooing on, on Nick's excitement. Seriously. Yeah, well, I mean... It's definitely not fantasy baseball draft week. Next week is definitely fantasy. Whatever. Draft people
2: week. are drafting.
1: No. No. <laughs> All right. well, come on. <laughs> All right. So our, tonight we've, we're going to review a couple of drafts that we did uh, my great fantasy baseball invitational league, League 7, and the Battle of the Podcast League, which the FWO podcast did together. But before we do that, we've got quite a bit of news to run through. Uh, the dam finally broke, everybody signed. Jake Arietta signs with Philadelphia. What do you think of the fit and does it move the needle for you?
0: Uh, doesn't really move the needle for me. I'm not a big fan of Arietta's. Uh, he's on a steady decline since that crazy year and second half that he had in 2015, 2014. Uh, I'm not an Arietta guy. Uh, I don't think that the uh, K upside is what it used to be. And now he's walking more guys. So I'm kind of out. The ADP is just too high. If he was going like one. 25 inch, which is where I think his value should be, then I'd be in. Put it in terms of starting pitcher. Um, but, uh, Joe, go first. I'm going to take a look at my rankings. I have him right
2: here. Uh, so he doesn't really move all that much for me either. Um, I wasn't particularly high on him. Um, I'm still not particularly high on him. The move to Philly probably hurts a little bit. Um, I think the fit's not Bad. I mean, it helps the Phillies a lot, but um, yeah, I I wasn't a huge fan. I'm not gonna own him.
0: I have him in the. By the way, I have him in the between thirty and thirty five ish area.
1: Okay. Yeah, and you're not moving him. No. Yeah, I'm. I think it's pretty neutral. It's still the NL. The ballpark is worse, but the division is a lot friendlier. Um, and Joe, I agree with you. I actually really like the move for the Phillies. Um, Nola Arietta at the top of the rotation looks pretty good now, and it moves everybody down the slot. All right, Carlos Gonzalez returns to the Rockies. Is he worth drafting now in 12-team mixed? And which player do you think is most affected? David Dahl, Ramiel Tapia, Gerardo Parra, Ian Desmond, Ryan McMahon, all the different types of Rockies?
0: Uh, first off, I made out like a bandit in our deep outfielded draft. I took Cargo in, like, round 90. Uh, <laughs> yeah, except he still stinks. No, yeah. he doesn't. <laughs> uh, so, basically, right now, they're all on suicide watch. You, I mean, this is this is a franchise Rocky right here, and he's going to play. He's going to get the playing time. Uh, he wasn't that bad last year, as everyone thought. He did hurt people like Pat, who took him in, like, round one or wherever you took him. Uh, but, you know, I, I, listen, I, Cargo's going to be productive, and – I think that there still is a lot of upside in the power. Last year it was stacked a little bit, but uh, you can't tell me that him hitting 35 home runs is out of the question this year. I have him projected for 27 uh, with good counting stats because he is on the Rockies, good batting average because he always has a good batting average. Um, I I, I like the pick a lot here, and you got to be careful with all those guys, especially um, Ian Desmond, who has been terrible in spring training so far, striking out like every at-bat.
1: Yeah, yeah it's fake news about my selection of cargo, by the way. I didn't take him in round one, but go ahead, Joe. It's, it's Ian
2: Desmond and Ryan McMahon, probably, for me. Um, I think that Tapia's got a skill set to play in the outfield, so he's probably pretty safe. Dahl, we weren't really drafting all that high anyway because of how crowded it is, so he's still kind of a stash. Um, Para, uh, I mean, whatever. They're paying him a, a lot, so... He still might see some at bats. I think it's McMahon and Desmond um, that that kind of gets squeezed a little bit.
0: Joe, what round is, does Cargo become sexy for you? Are you looking his way? Twelve team mixed.
2: Twelve yeah. team mixed. Cargo. Yeah. Twenty four.
1: What really? I'm yeah. Looking his, I'm looking
0: his direction in fifteen.
1: Okay. No wow. All right. So Nick is way high on him. <laughs> See, like, that's my feeling about this. I think someone in every draft room is going to be like Nick Legatino and say, I'm oh, going to take, take shot. the shot on cargo as a bounce back. I'm going to reach up to make sure I get him. It's cores. It's cores. It's cores. It's cores. Um, I'm not that person. I-, I watched cargo play a lot last year and I saw a guy that I think is pretty much done. Um, But he is only 32. He absolutely could find it again. It's one year, and it's again, it's in course. But I I wouldn't take him prior to round 20. Wait a second. You watched him last night. Did you watch him in the
0: second half when he batted three? No, you mean September?
1: Yeah, yeah, September.
0: No. Well, second half.
1: Yeah, but it was September. September.
0: (laughs) Well, he wasn't that bad in August. He was good in August. Okay,
1: what was his line in August? He hit uh really nice two home <laughs> runs, but he, no, but no, no. Listen, oh, my point. Man. My point is
0: he batted two eighty. Yeah.
1: Give me those
2: two home runs. Listen, That's he batted two eighty. He batted two eighty, and he's finished in September, October to
1: three seventy seven. I know that was our point.
2: So so wait. So for for the listeners out there, um, we when we record this podcast, we record with video, and Nick cannot say that line with a straight face. Hey, yeah. what
0: line? That he had um, a good August. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, listen, but, but he batted 280. 280 is respectable. It's above league average. The other thing is this. Yeah, listen, I
1: love it when wait, you guys hit 280 wait, and two homers in a month. Listen, you know. Nothing,
0: nothing gets me hotter. Bottom line, opening day, who's the number three batter on this team? It's Cargo. It's the Rockies.
1: No, that's yes. a fallacy. No, it's. No, Char- yes, it is. It's either Cargo Charlie Blackman or it's Arenado.
0: No, Blackman is leadoff. Cargo is three. Arenado They've been is talking
1: four. about batting Charlie Blackman third all offseason.
0: And who are we going to put first, DJ LeMayo? I don't know. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. I don't manage the team. Cargo will be the number three hitter, mark my words.
1: <laughs> I'll make. I'll put
0: a bet on that one, anybody here. Opening day, Cargo number three.
1: Okay, all right. That's enough about Cargo. All, all right. Go. So, listen, as far as the other guys go, I think Dahl and Toppy are the guys that are hurt the most. They're, I think they're ticketed for the minors. I think Parr is the fourth outfielder. I think your outfield alignment opens Desmond, Blackman, Gonzalez, and I think McMahon is at first. And I think whoever – struggles out of the gate is the guy that gets the boot. Um, so I think one of those, uh, three guys, because Blackman's obviously not going anywhere, um, is probably out of a job come May 15th. Um, be it McMahon or Gonzalez or Desmond. And right now, as, uh, as I believe it was Nick pointed out, Desmond is a guy that's, not looking good in spring training. I don't like to read too much into it, but he's got to get himself going because he's going to find himself out of a job if he doesn't start to hit.
0: Yeah, and his he's striking out a lot, which is you know his uh has been his Achilles' heel in the past.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's move to Mike Mustakis, another guy that went back to his old team, one-year deal. Um, I said on Twitter that this pushes him back to the great middle at third base. Do you agree with that assessment?
0: Uh, what do you mean great middle? What do you what do you mean by that?
1: Well, like. There's a large segment right in the middle of third base between, I suppose, Miguel Sano and uh, Adrian Beltre in the ADP. And if you want to be really aggressive, you can say Eugenio Suarez, Mm -hmm. where you've got about eight to nine uh, third basemen that are all kind of clustered among each other within about 50 picks. And my point is, is Moustakas now is towards the back of that group.
0: Just because he signed with the Royals? Yeah. But he hit 30 home runs in Kansas City last year. 38 home runs.
1: Yeah, but his expected homers aren't nearly as high. Oh, I believe God, he's
0: expected homers. got 27
1: um, expected homers. His batted oh, ball profile isn't as good. And Kansas City's lineup is considerably worse.
0: I, I, I've i got him closer to Sano than the back of that th- those last couple guys you mentioned. I have him way ahead of Beltre. Um, like I said, he's coming off a 38 home run season where he batted 272. There's not many guys in the league. Who hit 35 plus homers and batted 270 plus? Do uh, so I think it's repeatable? No, I've had—I actually have not been a fan of Mustakis. Pat, you did call the breakout a while ago. You were probably a couple of years too early. It finally came, um, but uh, that's once
1: again is fake news.
0: What do you mean you love Mustakis in like 20? I
1: called it last year, and you uh, told me he was going to hit 17. You've been saying it on the podcast. It's like 2012. No, All right. that's that's a fallacy. But let's move on. Go ahead, Joe. Okay, Joe, what do you think? Uh,
2: he was at the back of my of that group. Beforehand, he's still in the back, so I I don't move him.
1: Okay, all right. Let's move to Jonathan Lucroy, who signed with the A's. Where is he among the catchers for you?
0: Well, he moves up. Uh, he definitely moves up for sure. Uh, just keep in mind that Lucroy's coming. He's just one year away from where he hit 24 home runs and batted 292, which is kind of a not a typical Lucroy line. But you know, the pop was a little heavy in 2016. I, I like him a lot, and he definitely moves up on my on my catcher rankings big time. Uh, I think that he's going to get a lot of playing time, and if he sees 120 ABs, you're going to see a very Lucroix-esque 2013, 2012-ish type of year where he hits close to 15 home runs, steals some bases, gives you a really good average, and maybe gets some good counting stats because he could find himself in a nice part of this lineup. So I am... On board with Luke Roy, we're we're all Luke Croy lovers in this in this pod, I believe.
2: Uh, vacuum, are you taking Ramos or Luke Roy?
0: Ooh, Ra- Ramos! We'll Ramos, because
2: <laughs> I love Wilson Ramos for days. I knew and that dude. one. would...
0: would I be mean, close. that's my guy. Come on, Get someone else. You throw someone else. That make it interesting.
2: What about uh, either of the Dodgers catchers?
0: Luke, uh...
2: Mm-hmm. I'm taking him over. <laughs> I'll
0: tell you right now. I'm taking him
1: over Janino. Okay. <laughs>
2: and that doesn't say much.
1: <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to take him over Austin Barnes. No, I'm taking. Or- I'm taking the retired Jorge Posada over
0: uh, <laughs> Mike Zanino. Or- I'm taking. I'm taking Barnes over.
1: Over Luke Croy, not Yasmany Grandal. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think he fits just inside the top twelve. I I would not be drafting him unless he fell. I mean, I have it right here, Joe. Excellent question. Wilson Ramos is my favorite cheap catcher target. Um, if Ramos went and Lucroy was there, I could see pulling the trigger then. But I think in most drafts, Lucroy is going to go in front of Ramos.
2: Yeah, and I think we've seen so far, correct me if I'm wrong, but Lucroy's gone pretty late in, in some of the drafts that we've done. So
1: Yeah, but that's kind of inconsistent with all the free agents, I feel. True. Um, you know, it's just the nature of the beast. People have uncertainty and they, they get scared off because they don't know what's around the corner. Yo, he is um, like this the is not the best man. fit either. What? Well, it's a it's a ballpark that's oh tough to hit in. It's it's bad for batting average. It's just tough to hit homers in. Um, it's not quite as bad for homers as as it's been made out to be, but it's still not a not a plus power park.
2: Yeah, yeah he's, and he he's, and he st- and he stunk when he was in the best park in the league.
1: Yeah, yeah. No. I mean, he, there is a there is definitely a possibility that Luke Roy is just done. Yeah, he's at that age when catchers kind of hit the cliff. All right, all right, Lance Lynn signs with the twins. Is he inside your top fifty now that we know where he's going to be pitching?
0: Joe, you take this one. start it off.
2: uh, I think we had discussed this uh in the starting pitching uh preview. um he's not in my top fifty, but he's just outside. He's just around sixty um. It's a good environment for wins, I think, even though I know we always say don't chase them. Um, it hurts him that Minnesota's such a bad flyball ballpark and he's such a flyball pitcher. Um, but I think he's still got I think he's still got a skill set that's that's valuable and he'll succeed.
0: See I'm not a I, I have him just outside my 50 as well. I'm just not a big fan of Lynn because the ratios just aren't that pretty. Um, I, I do think that there is some upside with, with his, uh, K's per nine, but uh, the walks are going up, the case are coming down right now. He's not in a good place. I like to see him trend in the opposite direction and then I'd be more on board, but he looked really good and in, in, I, I owned him last year and, uh, he looked good here and there, but it was wildly inconsistent uh, month to month. And it doesn't really move the needle for me going to, uh, going to Minnesota.
1: How much do you attribute the declining K's and upwards movement in the walks to a first year back from Tommy John.
0: Well, a lot of it. I mean, definitely. But he also changed his pitch mix, uh, which I think had a lot to do with it as well. He threw his four seamer a lot less. Um, and that could be that could be, you know, the the, the main reason. Um, he basically junked his uh his his change up. I thought that was a pitch we would have seen more of. It looked really good in 2015, 2014. I don't know what happened, but maybe the twins will hone in on that. Yeah, he throws like six or seven different pitches and they could figure something out. But
1: see like that's uh, funny because I don't think he throws six or seven different pitches. I think he throws like three. <laughs> two of them two of them are fastballs. Yeah. Um he kind of throws like a power fastball and then um, like a slightly slower fastball that might be mistaken by, by uh, the, uh, pitching identifiers as a as a changeup, but it's really just basically a four seamer and two seamer, and he throws them about ninety percent of the time. Well, if
0: if 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 you look back, like pre twenty sixteen, which is when he had the Tommy John surgery, mm-hmm. four seamer, sinker, curveball, changeup, cutter. Okay. Well, five.
2: I wonder if. Uh, You know I wonder if um, there is some merit to the Tommy John but if it's more because of fatigue because he kind of unraveled in the second half it was the second half where all the walks were generated not the first so I I wonder if he kind of just ran out of steam
1: Uh, you see to me I I am pinning some of the blame on the Tommy John and I join you guys. I I don't have him inside the top 50, but I've got him just outside. Um, I think he's a solid source for innings. I think he's going to be better than last year. Minnesota has a very good outfield defense. He, um, is a guy that generates fly balls at a pretty decent clip. Um, so I think that will help. And the division is going to be very favorable as well. Let's not forget Detroit is going to be bad. Kansas city is going to be bad. Um, the White Sox are going to be bad. So you have three really bad teams that he's going to see a bunch of times. So I think that he's going to be a pretty safe source for ERA, even if the whip and um, the K's aren't where quite where you'd like them to be. I think he's going to put together something similar to the season Jake Odorizzi is going to put together. I actually think they're pretty much the same guy, which is going to be like a 3-7, three, three, ERA. Uh, with about 15 wins and uh, maybe a whip a little higher than you would like. Would you guys agree with that?
2: Yeah, that's about right, Sam.
1: Yeah. Okay, Neil Walker, the Rich Get Richer. Walker signed with the Yankees. How do you see the lineup shaking out?
0: Neil, welcome. I have always been a fan. Uh, I was very happy with this signing. I think Neil steps in, and I think he gets to start on opening day, Um, and I think he's going to play a really nice role on this team. Uh, I love him. I love him. I love him. There's not, I, I can't, Pat, we've been on him for since like 2008, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I think he gets the open, the starting job uh, at second base. Um, third base is still kind of up in the air. I, I, I'm not sure what the Yankees want to go with that, but I think Walker is the opening day starting second baseman.
2: All I have to say is thank God Houston won last year because this team is stacked. Um, so I, I agree with you. I think Walker will probably start. Um, what percent chance do you both guys think that Walker will start the whole year?
0: Um, Twenty-eight. Like, I'm gonna give it like seventy-five percent, unless he gets hurt. Oh, really? Yeah. Why would they? Why would Neil no, Walker no, uh, get hurt? I think
1: I think the injury is part of that question. So yeah, let's let's let's. If you take the injury out, like I yeah. probably have it about fifty-five percent.
2: Okay, yeah, that's that's probably where I'm at.
1: But like, yeah, I, th- I, I think I'm I th- pretty th- sure he's gonna get hurt because he's <laughs> yeah. Neil Walker.
2: But but I wouldn't say seventy-five. I think there's a good shot that um, either Torres or you know one one of these guys um, you know knocks him out.
0: No, well no, Neil Walker doesn't struggle, Joe. Neil Walker is like he's so consistent month to month. Um, he doesn't go into prolonged slumps. Uh, he's extremely composed. He's a smart hitter. He's a, a really good guy. Like in the end of this lineup, like the seven or maybe even the six hitter, if he can move up that high. I don't think he gets there, but as a seven, he's he's going to keep this job around with it unless he gets. He hitter. could
1: very easily, if he if he plays the full year, hit twenty five bombs in that stadium.
0: Oh yeah, like,
1: like with his eyes
0: shut, one hundred percent.
1: Okay, well before we move on. I know Nick. You said you weren't sure, but who do you have at third? Is it Andujar or is it Drury,
0: uh, or is it
1: somebody else? Wow, card.
0: we gotta—we have to see how spring training goes. Don't, audience,
1: come on. Give an answer. Andujar. Joe. I agree. Yeah,
0: right
1: I agree. Queen As City, of right City. now,
0: but let's—if like I said—if and in another in a, in a week, one more week of spring training, he it's it's uh, the skids.
1: what's gonna happen yes
2: it's, i think it's Andohar. right
1: now we think it's and yes okay all right bedrosian is the favorite for saves according to john Heyman. 100 bucks to spend among bedrosian blake parker greg holland and jim johnson where are you putting your money how are you dividing it up <laughs>
0: i am putting a hundred on cam
2: wow Wait, okay. you just sung Parker's praises last week. I
1: like Parker. I, I, He's the leader of the evil empire, Joe. He doesn't care about what he said last week. <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> no, 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 listen. Hell, <laughs> oh, man. I,
0: I do like Parker. He's, he, he has a ton of upside. But Cam and baby. Oh, I love that his name is back in the headlines because you are my boy forever. I'm sticking with Cam.
1: Joe?
2: um, I'm definitely not putting a penny on Greg Holland. Um, or Jim Johnson. So uh, I'd probably go with like a 65-35 split for Bedrosian.
1: Okay. I'm going to put 50 on Bedrosian, 25 on Parker, 15 on Jim Johnson, and 10 on Holland. So I am the least confident of the group in Cam Bedrosian at this point. And that's not because I don't think Bedrosian's talented. It's just because I think Mike Soch is crazy. And he's going to swerve everybody by coming out and giving the job to Jim Johnson to start the year. And Bajoran will probably get hurt. Yeah, Bajoran will get hurt, too. Yeah, definitely. All right, some injuries to run down quick. Uh, Marcus Stroman will not pitch opening day. Uh, Luis Gohara, everyone's favorite sleeping starting pitcher, out until May with an ankle sprain. Nelson Cruz has a calf strain. Apparently it's not that serious, so he went from being on the DL to being out for a few days. He went cesspit, has a wrist injury. He received a cortisone shot. Uh, they're claiming he's day-to-day. Uh, Zach Ranky strained his groin. Uh, no word yet on whether or not he will miss any sort of significant time. And with respect to players that have been sent down, we have one note. Willie Calhoun was sent down to a lot of people's surprise. Ooh. Are you guys still interested in Willie Calhoun as a minor league stash? Yes. 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 Okay. All right, let's move to the draft reviews. So first we're going to do my Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational League. Um, It is League 7. We will put the link in the show notes for you guys if you want to check out the other teams. Um, With my first pick, I picked 10th. Paul Goldschmidt fell to me. Uh, With the humidor having everyone spooked, I was hoping for a shot at Goldschmidt. Uh, And if he went, I wanted a shot at Betts. Uh, It turned out I got a shot at both of them. But I opted for Goldschmidt because I consider them really, really similar. uh, But would rather have the steals at first base than outfield. So, Nick, you're tasked with it. Are you with me or against me on this pick?
0: Of course I'm with you. Of course I'm with you. Uh, How could I be against Paul Goldschmidt? That would be so un-American. He is Captain America. (laughs) He is everything every baseball player should embody. He is the greatest. Um, I don't care about the Umidor. If he loses five home runs... He's still 31 home runs, 18 steals, 300 average, with absolutely ridiculous, ridiculous counting stats. Rockies-style counting stats. Uh, There's absolutely nothing wrong with this pick. I don't know why he's sliding so far in drafts. These people are nuts for taking some of the people I see going over him. Uh, It's Goldschmidt all day. Love the pick. I don't just like
1: it. I I believe that this was the furthest he fell out of the – I don't know the exact number of leagues, whether it's 15 or or 14, Um, but I believe that this was the minimum or or, or the max pick. This was where he fell the furthest in all the drafts. Um, Joe, is there anything that jumps out as good or bad to you in round one of this particular league? Uh, So
2: Max Scherzer at two is very interesting. Yeah. Um, So, Nick, you and I are both on the record of saying that we like Scherzer the best out of all Mm -hmm. the pitchers, Mm -hmm. but man, at number two, that is expensive. Um, I could see it like six taking him, maybe even five after Altuve, Arenado, Trout, maybe Turner. Um, But before that, I think it's a little too pricey for me.
0: Yeah, definitely. This is this is a uh, this is a head scratcher. Th- this is a head scratcher. I'm I- I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This is uh usually a pick like this is usually someone who's either a real big fan of the Nationals or someone who's a real big fan of Max Scherzer. It's odd. You've got Altuve, you've got Arenado. Uh, these are two of the more consistent players in the game. Arenado gives you absolutely elite counting stats, elite pop totals, everything. And although Scherzer is an elite pitcher. Uh, like you said the other day, uh, you have to know your room. He took Scherzer. Kershaw didn't go until four picks later. Corey Kluber didn't go and Chris Sale to the end of the round. Someone made out like a bandit and had Steven Strasburg all the way wrapped around, around pick, uh, I think it was, I'm looking at 24, 25 ish. So. Yeah, but this guy wouldn't have had shots at any of those pitchers. Does it matter? Like, I'd rather have, I would have rather have had Arenado and Carrasco.
2: Over Scherzer and George Springer. Well, no, I agree.
1: With, I agree with you on that. But I'm just saying the pitchers you named were not.
2: Yeah, I mean he could have had Arenado and Syndergaard because Syndergaard would have s- slapped back.
1: Yeah, or Madison
2: Bumgarner or Carrasco. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely a scratcher. All
1: right, let's move it along to the second round with my s- second pick, with the sixth pick of the round, 21st overall. I took Gary Sanchez. Uh, coming back for me, the game plan was always Sanchez. I wanted the elite catcher. The rationale is very simple. He is positional scarcity this year. He's the only catcher that can produce elite offensive production. Joe, Mike Podhorser from Fangraphs, who was in the league, didn't like this pick. What is your take?
2: Yo, we uh, we hear like Podhorser, so no beef. Um, so I'm kind of split between the, the both of you guys. I think uh, so. Anthony Rizzo went right behind uh, Sanchez, um, and I think I would have went with Anthony Rizzo. Does he get second base eligibility in this format? No. Okay, then actually, I take that back. Um, I think Sanchez is perfectly fine, then. I, if if, it, if Rizzo was getting second base eligibility, I think I would have taken Rizzo. Um, having the first and second would have been real nice. Um, it's hard to really hate taking the catcher here. The only beef I have with it, and this is not your fault, um, but Wilson Contreras didn't go until round four and then Buster Posey fell all the way to round seven. Yeah. So it makes this pick just expensive, but you had no way of knowing that. See, go ahead. Pat.
1: Yeah, no, I, I was just going to say, we're just going to echo what Joe said. I had no idea what the room was going to be like in terms of the catchers. Um, but, Frankly, I didn't care. Uh, I wanted, again, I, I feel as though even if Posey's cheap, even if Contreras goes in round four, which I think that was probably about right for where Contreras, Contreras
2: goes. Yeah, Contreras is right.
1: Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I, I still think over those guys and over everybody else, I felt as though I uh, Sanchez gave me such an advantage in this format. And even in a single catcher format, he is he is a, a distinguishing factor Um where there just aren't that many.
0: Yeah, and, you know, Joe, I don't think it really matters here. I, I just don't think that it matters that Contreras went that far and Buster Posey went that far because Sanchez is on a tier all by himself on an island. Like he is on an island by himself, and then you drive another 500 miles and then there's Contreras, and then you drive another and there's Posey. Um, Sanchez is on the best lineup in baseball. He's in a money spot. What he did last year, 33 home runs 278. Take those counting stats and add like 10 or 15 more RBIs. And you're looking at possibly one of the best fantasy years for a catcher in the history of baseball
1: coming up for Sanchez. And let's not forget, last year he was hurt for three weeks. He missed three weeks with an oblique injury. And it's an oblique injury, so there's a good possibility that he came back and was not as strong as he would have been otherwise. So... I think that kind of goes missed in all of this. You
0: you, you definitely thought about Rizzo, though.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. I was thinking about it.
0: Okay, because that's the only guy. Listen, if I was you, I'm thinking Sanchez. But I pr- I would have had Rizzo there, and I would have been shaking. I would have been shaking. Okay, Nick, is there anything else that jumps out
1: as good or bad to you in round two?
0: No, and looking at the draft, like, I wanted to come up with something. I'm like, but round two really was business as usual. I don't think there's any surprise picks here. Um, I, I, I like, I like what everybody did. It, it's perfectly fine. Nothing great. Nothing bad.
1: Okay. Uh, with my third pick, the 10th pick of the round 40th overall, I took Justin Verlander. I'm not the biggest Verlander guy, as you can all tell from listening to this podcast, but he was the top pitcher on my board. And the last of what I considered the ACE tier in a 15 team format, I felt I needed the arm here and Verlander is an innings source. Nick, are you with me or against me?
0: I'm kind of against you, and I and I am a Verlander guy. Really? Um, yeah, I'm kind of against it, and I'm a Verlander guy. I, I first of all, I would rather have Chris Archer in a vacuum. Number one, I do like Chris Archer straight up better than Verlander this year. Um, there's a couple of reasons why. First and foremost is age. Uh, Verlander has a lot of innings on that arm, and I mean a lot. Uh, and you know what? It, it, it's, it's kind of dumb to say that I get it. Cause last year, his second half was absolutely insane. And he was the best he's ever looked in his entire career. I get it. But when you have a pitcher who is now, I don't have, is he what? 36? 36, 36 I think. So yeah, he's eclipsing that 35 age, which to me is the magic number for pitchers. I am starting to get a little bit worried. Um, and, and, I don't know if that second half is – it's definitely not sustainable. We all agree with that. But the other thing with Verlander is besides the age is he's had prolonged slumps, major prolonged slumps throughout his career. He's had really, really, really good years and then some years where he was good, a really good pitcher, and it's kind of gone up and down. Last year in the first half, he was bad. He was really bad. He figured it out. Now, I don't know if the move to Houston – was the miracle that he needed and they figured out, Oh, this is how you, this is how you pitch. And, and you're going to be this guy from now on because year to year, he was like that in Detroit where he would find it, lose it, find it, lose it. So I kind of don't like this pick. And if I was you here, I would have, uh, you, you got Goldschmidt, you got Sanchez. I would have took the shot here on the on the absolute stud outfielder Ben and or, the super safe, awesome that we all love, Jose Abreu, and then waited to come around, and there was a lot of pitches I like coming up like Quintana, who you took in a couple of rounds. We'll get to him later.
1: Uh, I feel like I traveled back through time and just spoke to myself.
2: Uh, I just feel like Nick could argue with himself on Justin Verlander, both for and against. <laughs>
1: No, I feel like this was literally what I've said about Verlander the last couple of years directly to Nick, and yeah. he just repeated it back to me. Well, no, but but me and no, but me and Joe were buying in last year because I, he was I'm coming off in. a bad
2: year. I'm I'm actually still in, dude. He he's just one of those generational arms. I'm really not concerned about the age at all. I just
1: well, he's looked really really good this spring, and he's looked.
2: Oh, he's on so good.
1: Like, like like he's like pumping like nice. Like he got like, like he no somehow business.
2: got even better. So, no, but really though, he's like he's like a once in a generation type arm. Um and for for whatever reason, I'm just not worried. I wasn't worried uh, 2 years ago and I'm not worried now. So, I think the pick's fine.
1: Okay, Joe, what about the rest of round 3? Does anything jump out to you?
2: Oh, uh, the only the only thing that kind of jumps out is just how late Bumgarner went. Um I know he he's slotted in the right DP. It looks like, or at least uh, amongst pitchers. Um, but I think it's just a, re- uh, it's just really good value getting him in the third round.
0: What about what about Rendon? You don't? I hate the Rendon pick. You're okay with that?
2: Uh, yeah. I, really? Uh, okay. I, I think it's okay. Um, it might be a little early. Um, but there's there's like a. There's like a pretty big drop off. I mean, Turner's the next guy, and then it was Travis Shaw and Devers. So then we started to hit into the um, into that big middle. So yeah. this guy just wanted to grab his third baseman. Okay.
1: Okay, fourth round with the sixth pick, fifty-first. I took outfielder Tommy Fam. I buy into Fam's breakout in a big way. If you put it together, if you put together the year that he had last year, and his name was Benintendi or Springer he'd be a top 30 selection. Things that were holding him back, I think have been corrected. So Joe, fam looks like a bit of a reach. According to the ADP, would you have gone in a different direction?
2: No, fam uh, looks like a reach in terms of ADP, but um, in terms of where outfielders are, I think he's uh, slotted right where he should be going. Um I echo what you feel about fam. I think the changes actually not even changes. He just got real playing time which is all he really needed. Um, there was a bit of a pitching or outfield run right before you took them. So it was Nelson Cruz, Starling Marte, Justin Upton, Christian Yelich, a couple of picks, and then Andrew Benintendi before that. So you just got stuck at the tail end of that outfield run, and I think Tommy Pham's the right pick. Um, I'd rather have him over Ozuna, who was the next pick after that. I'd definitely rather have Pham over Buxton, who was two picks after that. Um, so, yeah, I think you took the right outfielder
1: here. Okay, Nick, anything jump out to you in this round other than the fan pick?
0: Uh yeah, Pat, this is Saves Plus holes, right, this league?
1: No. The Battle league? of the Podcast league is Safe Plus Hold.
0: And what's this, this league? This is classic
1: five by five. So only okay. six.
0: So all right. So, regardless whether it is or isn't, I think that the Craig Kimbrell pick here is way, way, way too early. And this is a guy who I think once he saw Kenley Jansen go, he's like, oh, let me grab Kimbrel before anyone else goes.
1: Yeah, but it's what? like we talked about last week.
0: But what happened after Kimbrel?
1: Nobody went until three round, two
0: rounds later until uh, uh, Nebel and Osuna went. Uh, so that was a panic move. Uh, you have to relax when you start seeing those relief pitchers go. Although I do like Kimbrel, that's a very, very bad pick that early. Uh, I also think the Hoskins pick was really bad. You've got – look at the guys after him in Gelich, Upton, Marte, Pham, um, uh, Chris Davis with a K, Lorenzo and Edwin Encarnacion. Why would you take Hoskins over Encarnacion? His upside is Encarnacion's bad year.
1: Oh, my God. Alrighty, let's move it to Jose Quintana, who I took in the fifth round with the 10th pick, 70th overall. I love the idea of pairing Verlander and Quintana because from an innings perspective, they're going to provide not only a lot of quality, but a lot of quantity. Quintana pinched at an East level after coming over to the NL. I'm hoping he can replicate that. So, Nick, this is the, part, this is the podcast, darling. Do you like the selection here, or would you have gone in another direction? Yeah, no, I love the
0: pick here. I'm not going to argue this one at all. We're huge Quintana guys. Um, as I said last year, pre-pod, Quintana will get his first 200 strikeout year. And what did he do? He delivered. Ah, I love both both predictions when they come true. Um, so, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Quintana's. Now he put together his consistent ERA and whip and added more strikeouts, though they may have com- come off a bit lucky to some. Uh, I think they're here to stay, and he could build on them. Uh, So if he hovers around 9.5Ks per nine and keeps that wonderful uh, walk ratio that he's had his entire career, you're going to see that 4.15 ERA turn into something like, I think, 3.15 ERA, and he's going to be friggin' awesome. I love the pairing here.
1: Yeah, I I thought that he was definitely um, a much better pitcher when he moved to the NL as we thought he would be. Um, and you're putting him behind with that Cubs defense behind him. Even if the strikeouts go down, um, they are a top notch defensive team last year. They were not as good as they were in 2016, but they were still, uh, within the top 10 in the league in terms of defensive runs saved. So I'm hoping that that carries over. And, you know, like I said, I mean, between him and Verlander, um, with their track records, I think I've just banked, you know, close to 400 innings. Uh, Joe, does anything strike you as particularly good or bad in round five? So there's two
2: moves here. There were back-to-back outfielders that are particularly bad. So Matt Thompson at uh, five. Let's see, what is this? Five thirteen. Uh, took Billy Hamilton and smell the glove at five twelve. Took Domingo Santana. So uh, Billy Hamilton, um, we've discussed a bunch about roster construction and such. Um Billy Hamilton with Trey Turner is pretty awful. Um you are this is Roto, correct? Yes. Yeah, this is this is a real bad choice. Um you're you're pretty much already in a good spot with Turner. Now you've definitely solidified first place, probably, it's stolen bases, but any excess stolen bases do you no good. Um and Domingo Santana.
1: Well, let me let me just chime in here because you've gotta keep in mind that this is a league within a larger umbrella of leagues. So while it might not do him any good in terms of his result in this league, it could lead to a better point total in terms of the overall. So, I mean, he could, he could pick up more points across, you know, the 195 or so um, entries in terms of that. So that I think makes this a little bit different.
2: That's that's valid. I still don't care for the pick. Um, And then, so Domingo Santana, uh, this is a real head-scratcher. I don't know if if, uh, Smell the Glove forgot about (laughs) Ozuna and Yelich, or if this was an auto-pick. Honestly, it could have been an Um, auto-pick. I don't think it was an auto-pick. This is just not a good pick at all for someone that doesn't have a, a starting gig.
1: Alrighty, let's move it to my sixth pick, 6.6, 81st overall. I selected Ioannis Cespedus. Cespedus was not the plan here. I mean, in fact, this is the first time I had to really deviate from what I had projected out. I wanted Kane here, but I'm satisfied with Cespedus as a partner to FAM. When healthy, Cespedus still produces offense at an elite level. Now, of course, I am, you know, I can't retroactively go back and say, oh, well, he's got the wrist issue now. Um, (laughs) But I will say, as I read more today, um, I became less uh, concerned about the wrist issue. Um, And it's one of those things. I think that if you're drafting this weekend, if you're one of those freaks that Nick talked about and you're drafting this weekend and not celebrating St. Patrick's Day, um, you should probably dock Cespedes a little bit. But I think we're going to find out in short order whether or not this is a major issue or something to worry about. Um, So I think you'll be fine for what is the primary draft weekend, which is two weeks from now. Um, With that said, Joe, go ahead. Give me your take on Seth for this.
2: Yeah, so uh, even pre-injury, in my notes I have, if he's healthy, I'm down with the bounce back. Um, Now that he's a little banged up, um, I'm definitely knocking him down a few pegs. And he's also kind of looked like, a bit of a statue in spring training. Um, Just running around the bases, he hasn't looked particularly speedy. I mean, I know that's not his MO, but still. Um, And I think I'd rather have Puig over Cespedes in a vacuum. Um, With that said, taking an outfielder here was the right choice because there was a bit of an outfielder run uh, in the next round. Okuno went, Braun went, McCutcheon went, um, and Puig went all before your next pick. So the outfielder was the right choice. Um, I just think I would have rather had Twig, um, maybe Braun.
1: Even with the potential of the limited at-bats and playing time from Braun?
2: Yeah, I think that they're going to find a way to find him at-bats. Okay. I I think they want to. All
1: right, Nick, is there anything that stands out to you in round six?
0: Uh, yeah. So first of all, this is the money round for me. Um, you got a lot of my favorite guys in this round. Ozzy Albies, who I speak about every single day on Twitter. Probably my favorite player in baseball besides Freddie Freeman. Um, but how could you not love the James Paxton pick here? I mean, to get into the sixth round and he also, before Paxton took, uh, Otani. So he's in for a fun year. Uh, he's going a complete boomer bust. So I like that. Uh, I like those two picks back to back. Uh, but with Paxton, you have a guy who could potentially be a top five pitcher in baseball. Yeah, top five. Uh, that's saying a lot. But when you look at the K-, the K to walk ratios and what he's done in limited time over the last couple of years, this is a guy who, if he stays healthy, is an absolute freak and will return major, major values. If I had a bank on innings with with Paxton, I would I would put my money on 150. I put my money on 150. He's still, you know, kind of young. Um, you know, he's just 29 years old. I think he has it in him to turn into a full season soon. If he turns in anything more than 150, you are
1: sitting pretty. So, pray for that. So, you're not worried at all about his spring? No, not even a little bit. Okay. All right. In the seventh round, 10th pick, 100th overall, I took Ian Hatt. This was the first time during the draft I felt that I really chased a run, but similar to with Verlander, Hap was the last middle infielder in this tier for me. That plus how highly I think of him, which is potentially Brian Dozier without the guaranteed playing time tells you why I made this selection. So Nick, he's off to a wonderful start this spring. Do you think he is a breakthrough star?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think he finds the at-bats. I like the pick here. I love the Dozier comp. That's who I've been competent to. Um, he, and he's perfectly in line with Dozier as far as, uh, Pretty much everything, uh, average power and speed. Um, the one I think he's got and, more
1: upside for average too.
0: Yeah, and you know the one big upside for him though is that he plays for the Cubs, uh, so he's got really good counting stats that he, that he may be able to get if he gets a leadoff spot, which is where he's probably going to be. Uh, the question is playing time, but at this point, I'm willing to take the shot, and I like the fit for your team a lot. This team now, you've got some danger. I like
1: it. <laughs> All right, Joe, does anything jump out to you in round seven?
2: Yeah, so it's Okuna for me. Um, he was taken 92nd overall, which is about uh, 16, 16 picks higher than his ADP. Um, this is a believer for sure. Um, and I just can't get behind it. Um, I think I, I, I mean, I know I like the talent, right? And we all like the talent. I know Nick's particularly high on the talent. Um, but I just can't get behind taking Okuna over Puig, as I mentioned before. Even someone like Eddie Rosario. I think this was before we had news of the of uh, Eddie Rosario being a little banged up. Um, but I think at best we're looking at this season of Okuna turning out an Eddie Rosario type season. Um,
0: You're obsessed with Eddie Rosario.
2: Yeah, but I, I, th- I think this is too expensive, man. You, so I you, just are you okay I co- with this Do You um, like
0: it? Um, I completely disagree with you. Yeah. I, I, so with the Kuna, forget about what he's done in spring training because he's been absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I believe he's batting over 400. He's got home runs. He's got yeah. He's support. been
1: ridiculous. The numbers don't matter. He's been he's, like if you if you look at the spring training leaders, he's up there.
0: He's been ridiculous, and for such a. Just he's he's an extremely disciplined, uh, disciplined hitter with power with speed. I think if he gets the playing time, he is such a lock for 2020. It's not even funny.
2: Yeah, but like isn't 2020 Eddie Rosario? That's what I'm saying.
0: Well, it, but but Acuña is also coming with a it's really really high upside average. He's coming with he's probably going to be batting in front of or behind one of the best hitters in baseball, Freddie Freeman. He also got Albies, so the RBI potential is going to be through the roof.
2: Yeah, but you think he's going to st- you think he's, he's going to he hit average? in the 3? He's four in 4? He's going
0: to Whether he's 2, 3 or five, or 4, he's going right, to be wait. one of those. Yes, All right. He's going so where's
2: Enciarte going to hit?
0: NCRT is it's gonna go it's gonna go NCRT, Albies, right or vice versa. Yeah. And then who's your Okay.
2: Okay, he's not gonna bat four, is he?
0: Maybe you put Freeman for it. Put whatever. Regardless, he's gonna be three or four. Who else are you putting in those spots?
1: Mad good Tyler Flowers. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> there So
2: maybe he bats four. But okay. I don't know if he'd bat four right off the bat, right? Because it's the MLB, not Fantasy baseball, right? And you're telling me you'd rather have Okuna than Puig?
0: Um, you know what, Joe? We're both on board with Puig. So I'll tell you right now. Yes, I am taking Okuna over Puig. I am taking Okuna over Puig. Okay. I, yes, I am.
1: All right. I am not, but let's move it along. So we got the eighth pick of the sixth round. Uh, excuse me, the sixth pick of the eighth round. Uh, 111 overall, I selected Miguel Cabrera. When I took cap, I had Miggy rated higher, but the board told me that I could wait. I took the chance. Miggy came back. I was thrilled. I am obviously on board with drafting one of the best hitters of this generation outside the top 100. As I've been expressing this entire offseason, I will take him all day at that price. Joe, you were against this pick in the end of round six in the battle of the podcast league which we're going to discuss later. What do you think about Miggy here?
2: Yeah, this is uh, much easier to swallow. Um, I still don't particularly like Miguel Cabrera. Um, I think his at-bats this spring haven't looked particularly good. His balls and plays have looked like they lacked any sort of juice. But with that said, even if he's 75% of past Miggy at 111, that's a bargain. So, um, this is this is an okay price. God, this is where hearing, he starts to get interested.
0: Hearing the words, I don't really like Miguel Pereira it just does not sound right to me.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm okay with being wrong here.
1: Yeah, that's, that's really what it comes down to, is, is that you've got to be okay to be wrong when he's going at this price. And to me, I'm just not at all concerned. I just, I have a lot of faith that this is spring training and that he's going to turn it on when the time comes. So Nick, is there anything that jumps out to you as particularly good or bad in this round?
0: No, I I think this round is business as usual. Um, I'm not crazy about the lamb pick, although I'm okay with it. Um, uh, The, uh, the Javier Baez pick, I'd be a little worried now that Hap is off to such a good start, but I think that he will get playing time regardless. So this round, nothing really jumps off the map to me.
1: Okay, ninth round, 10th pick, 130 overall, I selected Rich Hill. Uh, Hill was one of my final pitchers in this tier. I wanted the elite innings to pair with my horses in Verlander and Cantana. I think their excess innings will pair nicely with the lower volume of innings that Hill will provide. With the two horses at the top, Nick, do you think Hill here as an SP3 will work in a 15-team league.
0: <sighs> How many innings are you hoping for from Hill?
1: Like, best case or what would I project for? What, what do you want
0: out of this pick? How many do you want? 130?
1: Yeah, I was going to say 125.
0: <laughs> okay. So last year he, gave, he, he, he threw 135. 135 innings from Rich Hill – is money in the friggin' bank? So yeah, I like the pick, and and you have two pretty safe guys as your as your one and two, so it's okay to take the risk here, uh, but it's such a injury risk. He's he's probably top five most injury prone player in baseball. He's up there, close to one, uh, but I, I'm with the pick because the K to to ball uh, the K rate is ridiculous. The walk rate is good. The ERA, the WHIP, everything—he's just money. The curveball is insane. He throws a forty-five mile per hour fastball that somehow works. Uh, you, you gotta love Rich
1: Can I just point something out too? And I and I didn't do this intentionally, but I've got a pitcher for the Astros, I've got a pitcher for the Cubs, and I've got a pitcher for the Dodgers. So, <laughs> am I am I not? Am I unintentionally chasing wins?
0: you're definitely gonna get him
1: yeah uh joe is there anything that jumps out to you here there's a couple of things
2: um i want to focus on one but i I just want to mention the few so at at nine three trevor bauer here before guys like kyle Hendricks, jake arietta uh rich hill jeff samarja um you got to really believe in trevor bauer to uh to take him before some of those guys then right after that 9-4 Matt Thompson I'm sorry I'm killing your team today um but this is Kyle Schwarber um this is really early for a guy that might be just a platoon bat um even if he lost all that weight um but the real standout here is a uh, Bangkok meat. Bangkok has him now um with Gio Gonzalez wait
0: wait wait. what's the guy's name Bangkok meat. <laughs>
2: No, it's Bangkok has him now.
0: All right, go. go.
2: So this was two picks after Rich Hill. Um, a pick after Jeff Samarjit, Gio Gonzalez. Um, I know there's a bit of a pitching run here and the tier fell off, but this was before a guy like John Gray, yeah, or even or even Garrett Richards with a ton of upside, or Sonny Gray, who's solid but
1: won't
2: won't kill you. Um, this is just way too high for me for Gio Gonzalez.
0: Yeah, and I'm just gonna say one quick thing. But when you look at where Gio went, and then where Alex Wood went, like eight picks before, it makes Gio look so bad because Alex Wood is so good. So I love the Alex pick, uh, the Alex Wood here, the Alex Wood pick here by uh, Donkey Teeth.
1: All right, in the tenth round, sixth pick, one forty-one overall, I selected Kyle Seager. Ooh. Now, I got sniped on a few picks here. I was hoping for Polanco, Adam Eaton, or John Gray. Um, They all went. Um, So, in a few other drafts I've done, I found myself short at third base, and with Seager staring me in the face as one of the last two that I actually liked, I decided to pull the trigger here and bank some numbers. Joe, are you with the selection of the steady but boring third baseman, or would you have gone in a different direction?
2: Yeah, I'm absolutely on board. I mean, uh, we were discussing this pick together. Um, especially after Polanco and Eaton went. Um, yeah, we so, like panicking. Yeah, so, <laughs> I so we like, kind of <laughs> we kind of picked this one together, and uh, you lucked out that Adrian Beltray went the pick before, um, because I th- I think you prefer Seager to Beltray. I'm not entirely sure.
1: It depends on it's a team construction thing. When I have Miggy, there's no way I want Beltray.
2: Yeah, so uh, you kind of lucked out there, but yeah, yeah, I'm totally on board with this pick.
1: Yeah, come
0: on. I mean, this is – dude, Seeger was not that bad last year. He was going at like 60 the year before, every yeah. year, 50, 60, 70. I don't get why his ADP is so far. The Mariners are loaded. Seager is going to be fine. He's going to be close to 30 home runs, probably that 270-ish average, and, and good counting stats. So this is a great pick. And I'm taking – by the way, I'm taking him over Beltre 10 times out of 10.
1: All right, Nick, so is there anything else that jumps out to you here?
0: Yeah, so this this is a money round. I like a lot of picks in this round. Um, I like, uh, the, obviously, the Trey Mancini, Sean Doolittle, Kevin Kiermaier. All these picks are great in this round. The one that I kind of look at and I'm like, uh, is Bradley Zimmer. Um, I, I, I just think that you, you go to the next round, you've got a lot of value coming up in, in, in uh, outfield, and – you could have waited and took a guy who was money in the bank. You could have took a guy like Delino DeShields, who's going to have more steals. You heard it here first. Then Billy Hamilton with a better average. Um, wow. You could have waited. Wow. Yeah, you you could have taken. You could have waited and taken Brett Gardner, who's going to go 2020 again with the good average. There's a lot of guys that I like going in front of him. I wouldn't have stayed away from him. Otherwise, it's a great round through and through.
1: Okay, we're gonna speed it up now because we're hitting double digit rounds. So uh, with pick. 11, 10, 160 overall, I selected Jonathan VR. In the 12th round, with the sixth pick, 171 overall, I selected Blake Trinan. And in the 13th round, pick 10, 190 overall, I selected Marcus Simeon. So with VR, I need the steals, which were drying up, which is why I think Zimmer went there. I think the board started to get really worried the steals weren't going to be there. Um, But with respect to VR, he's got huge upside. Uh, We've seen it before. If he hits, it could make me. If he flops, it could break me. Um, but I, I really liked the pick there because I, I thought the value was pretty good, and I thought it was the time to pull the trigger in this particular draft. With Trinan, we talked about him last week. I love him. And with saves driving up, I wanted to take a closer I felt confident in. Brock, Herrera, Melanson, Narris were left. Uh, I felt strongly about Trinan. And then with Simeon, I've been on record, major advocate. I think he's a 2020 threat. He's going to hit near the top of the lineup in one of the most underrated lineups in baseball. I'll take that all day at shortstop near pick 200. So, Nick, what is your favorite pick among these three, and which one could you do without? So I don't
0: have a problem with any of the three, really, honestly, but I definitely like VR the best. He's coming off a year he went in 1962, 19 home runs, 62 stolen bases. 1962, good year. Yeah, He he went back to 1962. No, seriously. The guy was absolutely ridiculous in 2016. If he works his way to the top of the lineup again, which he may – nah, he's not going to be there on opening day. But if somehow he gets there, if somebody gets there at some point, he could run away with the job, whether it be to injury or whatever it is. But even if he's batting towards the end of the lineup, he's still going to be a good, reliable source of steals. As we saw last year, he still stole 23 bases and only 436 at-bats. Um, with a miserable OBP compared to what he did in 2016. Uh, I like him. I like the upside. If I had to pick someone I like the least out of the group is Blake Trinan. Just because he doesn't have the track record as a closer, I don't trust him. I would have rather probably have taken the shot on Melanson. I think he's going to get more opportunities, and he's got the track record. Otherwise, I'm fine with all three picks.
1: So I, was you went, I was surprised you highlighted Melanson and didn't highlight Neris. Oh, no, no.
0: Uh, I I didn't even notice that you took him over Neris. I'm not going to get started. You're crazy. Okay. Move on. (laughs) All
1: right, right, Joe, give me the best picks in rounds 11 through 13.
2: Okay. So if anyone listens to the first base podcast, they know where I'd be going with 11 in in round 11. So this was a Keaton at 11.6 Carlos Santana in Philadelphia. I'm a big believer. Carlos Santana this year in Philly. Um, I think this is a great pick uh, going, uh, buying a first baseman on the bargain bin. Um, then in round 12, I also really kind of like Matt Carpenter. There were a lot of good picks in round 12. Um, there was Charlie Morton, Jorge Polanco, Matt Carpenter, um, Willie Calhoun. So there was a lot, there was a lot of value here. I think Matt Carpenter is also a good pick just based on how these guys were, were trying to fill out their first base position. Um, and again, Matt Carpenter is good for a bounce back on the cheap. And then in round 13, this was, a uh, this was a, an excellent pick, given how this draft went. Um, pitching pitching started to fall out, um, in these middle rounds. Pretty much right after you took Rich Hill, after that round, pitching got pretty bleak, and there were hits or misses. And um, Blake Snell went in uh, the thirteenth pick in round thirteen. This is an awesome pick. We are big believers here in Blake Snell. He's he's actually everywhere. I'm reading. He's a huge breakout candidate. So I imagine that. Uh, at your draft, is he's probably going to have an inflated value, but still, he he's awesome.
1: All right. Uh, the next uh, few picks that I made, pick uh, 14.6, 201 overall, Ryan McMahon. In the 15th round, the 10th pick, 220 overall, I took Patrick Corbin. And in the 16th round, 6th pick, 231, I took Yonder Alonzo. Ryan McMahon... I felt a lot better about this pick before Cargo signed, obviously. Uh, now there's some risk here. Um, I could swing and miss, but it, and it won't kill me because of my corner depth. But if he was res- the surefire lockdown, Rocky's first baseman, I would feel a lot better about it today. Um, I do think even if he does get sent down, he gets his chance before long, and I do think that he produces. I think the changes that he made last year were for real. He sort of pulled the reverse of what the league is doing. Um, Went a little more conservative with his swing, um, toned down, constantly going for power and swinging missing. And I think that he's like a 270, 20-plus homer bat um, in cores, definitely. Uh, Patrick Corbin, uh, it was time to dive back in on starting pitching at this point. Um, Corbin has the skills that I want, A plus K per nine, 50% ground balls, and what appears to be at least a neutral home park. If he carries over his skills from the second half, this is going to be an easy profit, I think. And then with Yonder Alonso, um, I couldn't resist taking Yonder. And before Cargo signed, I sort of regretted this pick because I ended up a little short on outfield. Now I'm thrilled I pulled the trigger because he's essentially my Ryan McMahon insurance. Um, 25 homers, 270 average, and the heart of a good lineup in a division loaded with bad pitchers. Um, so I liked the pick there. And I think it kind of hurt the rest of the board because after Yonder there was – uh, what I felt was a significant drop off at first base. So Joe, what's your favorite pick among these three and which do you think you could do with that?
2: Yeah, so uh, I definitely like both the McMahon and Corbin picks. Um, we talked about a couple of weeks ago how um, Corbin Slider is just filthy and uh, we, we love him. McMahon, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Um, if he gets a starting gig, this is a great pick. Even if he doesn't, I think he'll probably squeeze his way into it. Um, And it's just Yonder for me. Yonder is probably the one I'd do without. Uh, You know, we've, we talked about on the first base pod. I'm a little bit more worried about the slow second half than you are. Um, So he'd just be the weakest of the three, but overall, I think you're doing a great job.
1: Okay. Nick, give me the best picks in rounds 14 through 16. All right. So number one,
0: best pick Scooter Jeanette. I don't know why. His ADP is so low. I don't know why he is sliding this so far down in drafts. It makes zero sense. Uh, The kid is going to be a stud. You're looking at 20-plus home runs. Again, with a really solid average. And I think he's going to get some good counting stats this year. A lot of runs scored. I like it a lot. Eric Thames here. Sexy. Sexy. I like it. Um, I just have to say, he has looked so bad in spring training, it's a little scary. And we don't want to... I don't like to harp on spring training that much. There are certain things I look at. Obviously, Miguel Cabrera's pop is you look at certain things about a player. Dames just looks lost right now, and he looked lost for a lot of last year. So I am a little bit worried. Another pick I like a lot is Chris Davis. At this point, it's a nice time to take a shot on such a big power hitter. If he comes in and he's healthy this year and let's just say gets, you know, 500 plus at bats. He's going to get you 30-plus home runs, and if you get lucky,
1: he can maybe give you a
0: 240-ish average if you get lucky.
1: Okay, Uh, 17th round, 10th pick, 250 overall. I selected Cole Calhoun. 18th round, 6th pick, 261 overall. I selected Tanner Roark. And in the 19th round with the 10th pick, I selected Cam Bedrosian. That was pick 280 overall. So Cole Calhoun, as I said, outfield was getting short here. I wanted the bankable stats from Calhoun, the bankable playing time. Good for 20-ish home runs, 265 with full-time playing time and a good lineup. Um, and uh, I'm optimistic the power could tick up closer to mid-20s because of the change to the fences. Um, so I think the homer upside is closer to 25 than 20. Uh, Roark, I we've spoken about him. I'm a huge Roark guy. I believe in his second-half changes, and I think that he's due for a good um, – Amount of luck change uh, based upon his contact management skills. He's another guy also bankable innings, giving me four relatively safe inning sources to go with the 120 or 130 from Rich Hill. And then Cam Bedrosian. This is looking like a great pick, considering Heyman's report. Uh, Bedrosian probably has the best pure stuff in that pen. Health will always be a question, but if I can get 20, 25 saves with the lead ratios to boot at this price, I'll be thrilled. So, Nick, what's your favorite pick of the three, and which do you think you could do without?
0: So, I'm going to be honest with you. I could kind of do without Cole Calhoun and Tanner Rock. I'm not a fan of both. And before I go into – I do like Ken and We spoke about that before. But wouldn't you have rather had uh, Randall Greechuk and Jordan Montgomery instead?
1: No, because Grichuk is in a crowded outfield where he could get off to a slow start and lose playing time. The J- and Jordan Montgomery is also the fifth starter on the Yankees and could very easily lose his job after a month. Well, at this um, point, and I- again, I'm in, I'm in, I'm looking at a 15 team league where a replacement level is going to be a little bit lower. Um, so I was opting for safety and playing time, considering my team construction, as opposed to upside.
0: Yeah, I I still think at this at this point. Uh, it's worth the risk with a guy like Montgomery. I just see major upside with him. I think it could be a huge return in value, whereas Tanner Roark, we kind of know the history. We know the pedigree. we know He is what he is at this point. Uh, so I would have definitely taken Montgomery way, 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 way over. And I would have even taken J.A. Happ over Roark as well. Um, I don't know if at this point you said, uh, let me wait on J- Happ, but I think Happ is even more safe than Roark and is just flat out a better pitcher. Um, and he went two rounds later. So I just don't see the value in Roark. Uh, As far as Cole Calhoun Calhoun goes, it's another interesting pick here because I feel like you're a Shinsu Chu guy, and I'm not sure why you went went with Chu over Calhoun.
1: Again, it comes down to safety. Um, Uh. I was worried about Chu's injury history. Um, I was worried about his historical struggles against lefties. Um, Calhoun is going to play every day and he's going to get me the volume. And then I felt like I needed the volume. Yes. This is only my third outfielder. So, with that, and this is a five outfielder league where you start five. So, I felt like I needed to secure playing time as opposed to um, necessarily going for the player that I like the best on a day to day basis. Okay. Understood. That's fine. Okay, Joe, give me the best picks uh, in round 17 through 19.
2: So Nick already alluded to two of them. Um, so in round 19 or er, 17, um, Podhorzer took Randall Gruchuk.
1: Oh, well, that's actually a great point. Um, I, I didn't realize that until just now, but I probably would have taken Gruchuk, but he was gone. Okay. So I didn't have the opportunity to take Gruchuk.
2: Actually you did. Um, not you did have the opportunity but you would have because when we were dis- we were discussing this pick and we both agreed that Greechuk was the pick.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm walking back what I said before. Yeah. But I didn't have the opportunity correct to take Greechuk.
2: Yeah, but Greechuk was the guy that uh you wanted. Yeah. Okay. So so Grichuk is definitely the best pick here. Um we've talked about him before. I I buy the upside. I think he's got Big upside in Toronto. Um, I think this is a great pick. In round 18, Nick, you mentioned him before, Jordan Montgomery. I'm with you there. I think the upside's great. I understand, Pat, why you didn't go with these picks. And I actually agree with uh, your current roster construction not going with these picks. But standalone, I think these are great picks. And that was uh, by Greg Sauce in round 18. And then 19, um, now with the news in L.A., I actually think Camber Georgian's the best pick because you got the closer. But not uh, not tooting the FWO horn. I think uh, Kevin Kevin Pr in uh, round nineteen again by Podhorzer. He kind of solidifies the Toronto outfield at bats, um, and he gets two good players out of it. Um, They're both good in their own right, and he's getting the at bats for sure. So I think he did a great job there.
1: Yeah, and he's getting sneaky steals too. I mean, like he's looking at two guys that are going to give him double double digit steals in Grechuk and Pr if they play. All right, Uh, with the next few picks, in round 20, I took Dustin Fowler, outfielder, uh, 291 overall. 21st round, 10th pick, 310 overall. I took Chad Green, relief pitcher. Uh, 22nd round, 6th pick of the round, 321 overall. I took Nick's boy, Jesse Winker. Uh, 23rd round, 10th pick, 340 overall. I took Nick's other boy, Jack Flaherty starting pitcher, and 24th round, six-pick, three fifty one overall. I took no one's boy, Devin Travis. <laughs> so with Dustin Fowler, some power, some speed, decent batting average. Uh, there is speculation that he could hit near the top of the lineup. He reminds me a bit of Brett Gardner without the walks. And, again, they've come out and said – Oakland has said that Fowler is going to be their starting center fielder. So, once again, I felt like it was a good volume play – uh, for my outfield, being that this was my fourth outfielder um, with Chad Green, I wanted elite relief innings. Um, this was sort of the Rich Hill handcuff. I'm hoping for upwards of 80 innings here, and if I put him and Hill together, I'm looking at an ace um, that can give me somewhere around 200 to 210 innings. Jesse Winker, uh, I believe the power is closer to 20 homers than 15, with a great walk rate, a good batting average in a great ballpark on a good offense. And like Scooter Jeanette showed last year, he doesn't need full-time plate appearances to be productive. So I think he's looking at around 550 plate appearances this year. Um, And it could go higher if there's an injury or a trade that occurs. Um, Jack Flaherty, we've spoken about him. We love him. Wipeout breaking stuff. He's been impressive this spring. I doubt he starts the year in the rotation, but he's – Probably the sixth guy, and I think through attrition, he's going to make it there. Um, There's no real innings issue because he threw 160 last year, so I think he'll pitch through the end of the year. Um, I think he's a pretty decent upside play. Uh, Devin Travis, this was one I sort of talked myself into. If he's healthy, and that's a big if, but this is a guy that could provide high teens power, double-digit steals, hit close to 285 at the top of a good lineup, Plus, he's nice insurance if VR goes belly up. Or one of my back-end outfielders don't work out. I can shift tap to outfield, put VR at second, and then put Travis to middle infield. So, guys, I'm going to ask you to grade these selections. Uh, What do you think about Dustin Fowler? A plus.
2: Uh, B plus.
1: Okay. Chad Green. A, A plus plus.
2: Yeah, this is like an A plus.
0: Yeah, he's the best. Jesse Winker. Off the charts. If I could if I could kiss you right now, you get an A-plus and a kiss.
2: <laughs> uh, this is still a B plus. Um, B-plus. You're going to be hurting a little bit for at-bats maybe here. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Jack Flaherty. A-plus. Oh, my guys.
2: Amazing. They, they really aren't all in this, guys. I'm going with a B-plus here too. Joe, I you're mean- an idiot.
1: Kyle and Devin Travis. Uh, F? Z? Is there a Z? <laughs> I do I catch some heat from Nick on that one. That's terrible.
2: Yeah, I'm actually not really on board with this pick either.
1: <laughs> <What the laughs> never like definitely a- turned into a robot. You were like, <laughs> what do I think? I, don't I think, know. It's, I think
2: it's like a C. All
1: right, do you guys want to like just elaborate on any of those quick? Um.
0: Yeah, Winker is Winker is going to be an on-base machine who is going to be in front of the on-base machine. There's going to be a lot of runs coming his way this year. He's to so
2: to... much on-base. This is be... not an OBP o- 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 B- league, is it?
0: It doesn't no, matter. He's going to score 1,000 runs. He's going to score 1,000 runs. He's got power upside. some runs. <laughs> He's going to score a lot of runs. Oh,
2: my God. No way. What do you mean, no way? What do you mean? What do I mean, no way? What do you way?
0: mean, no way? Explain <laughs> to me how no way.
2: It, because it's like Joey Votto. does it matter. And the Reds. Yeah, Joey you, Votto and the Reds. It's Joey Votto.
0: It's Scooter Jeanette.
2: Ooh. And you've got power. Scooter hitters. Jeanette, who might lose his job and and linger as, in a roundabout way. Gets a job because of it.
0: Hey. Hey, hey, listen. Hey, 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 oh. hey, hey, Let's go. Billy Hamilton stinks, and Winker's going to take that job with his like 380 OBP. He's the best.
1: <laughs> Joe, what about you? Is there anything here that jumps out to you as uh, worthwhile to talk about? No, no. I've got no, really no, yet. Pat, your team stinks. All right. <laughs> Rest of the roster, uh, I took Chris Stratton. That's a great pick. Uh, Ryan Madsen. Ryan Cordell and Marco Gonzalez. Uh, Chris Stratton, Stratton has a really good curve, broke out late in the year last year. Uh, He's been solid overall this spring. He's got the plus ballpark, so I think he's a good shot to take there as the back end arm. Ryan Madsen, save speculation. Um, As we mentioned last week, Doolittle is injury prone. Madsen will step in, and in the meantime, he should provide some ratio help. I project Madsen for right around eight to 10 saves, which pushes my total close to 60 with upside for 70 between um, him, Bedrosian uh, and Trinan. Uh, Ryan Cordell, Cordell was in the White Sox center field battle and excelling at the dish. Uh, the playing time was a little uncertain, but Nikki Delmonico got hurt. Uh, and now it seems like Cordell's going to get a shot to open the year. Definitely. Uh, and even if, Delmonico comes back. I still think that Cordell is going to be the guy that's going to get the shot because he's probably got the most upside between him, Adam Engel, and Lurie Garcia. Uh, and Marco Gonzalez. Marco Gonzalez made a mechanical change last year, um, gave him a velo boost at the end of the year. According to reports, the velo is kept. That plus an elite change keeps me very interested. And again, he's sort of like Stratton, um, just a shot to take at the back end back of the rotation. So all right, give me your overall impressions of the team, guy.
0: Uh so all right, so I think you have either the first, first of all, did a very good job in this draft and as uh, you're one of my good friends, so I'm going to say my non-biased opinion, you have either the best or the second best team in this league. It's between you <laughs> between you and Joe's shoeless cuz Joe's shoeless that man built like the best pitching staff ever. I love it. If you're listening to this Charlie Morton, Kenta John Gray. God bless you. <laughs> Pat, um, why didn't you take Haney? I told you to take Haney. The guy went in like round 25. God. Because I was busy taking Jack Flaherty. I, you got to listen to me, man. You got to <laughs> listen to me.
2: So um, I do have a question for you, Pat. What's is up? Ryan Cordell's this year's Charlie Tilson? Same team?
1: Yeah, he kind of <laughs> is. Oh god. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> god, I see that one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. I kinda I kinda punted on Charlie Tilson and took the guy that took his job.
2: Yeah, so uh, overall my thoughts on your draft. Um, you're gonna have to be active on the wire, I think. Um, you might have to hunt for saves here and there. Um, if Simeon gets hurt, you're gonna be scraping by for a shortstop. Um, and I think you'll wanna Parker. just I think you'll want to just keep an eye out for anyone that looks like they might break out. I think you have to be very aggressive in dropping players and in a team in a league this large, I don't think that's a problem. Um, But I think you're just going to have to be fairly active in order to win.
1: And anyone would. Yeah, I I don't, I don't disagree, but I, what I, where I disagree with you is, is I think that I'm, Okay with where I am on saves, as long as Pedroia starts the year with the job, um, because my game plan is not to try and win saves. My game plan is to be middle of the pack in saves. I don't think I need to be the greatest team ever in the saves category. I just want to finish somewhere in the middle. Um, my issue, I think, is outfield, and
2: yeah, it was deliberate.
1: It was deliberate because I didn't. I, I always feel as though outfield is the position where the most guys emerge during the course of the year. Um, you know, Ryan Cordell is a guy that I think might just get a job and then just turn into a fantasy relevant player, especially in a league where you're rostering t- overall 75 outfielders, at least without accounting for accounting for utilities. So to me, I, I, I would rather be weak in a spot that's readily available Um, than be weak in a spot that's not. Now, you made a great point about Simeon, and and I've been thinking about that as well. I'm kind of paranoid about it because Simeon is a guy with a a steep injury history. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that might be an area where I'm trying to make a move to get a little bit of insurance at shortstop um, before the season begins. But otherwise, I'm very pleased, especially at the top of the draft. I mean, my first five picks went right as I thought they would go. Um, maybe not exactly the players I thought they would go, but I was very happy with the way that turned out. And I got a lot of my, my favorite sleepers in Flaherty and Winker, um, and Dustin Fowler. Uh, Chris Stratton's another guy I like a lot. Obviously I'm I am now the Ryan Cordell guy. <laughs> and that's okay. I, I will take that. Yeah. So I like too. I'm I'm kind of I'm very pleased with the way this roster turned out. Because hey. I'm gonna get to go to war with my guys. Yeah.
0: And all you gotta do is go to the wave wire and pick up Jordy Mercer. That's all you gotta do. And you'll be good at shortstock. No, yeah, that's the, right. the
1: real
2: the real move is actually hoping that one of Miggy or Miggy is Miggy or McMahon kind of breaks out, and then you can move some of that corner infield or yeah, corner infield stock from middle infield stock. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's that's completely or outfield.
0: outfield. Yeah, like if Miggy gets up to a hot start and Corey Seager gets off to a slow start, and people are like, eh, his elbow is hurting. Boom.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree, guys. I I, I think you're right. I think that that's the move. All righty, let's move it to the second draft that we did, and we did this one together, the Battle of the Podcast League. Uh, this is an OBP and Saves Plus Holds League, so a bit different format. Uh, with our first pick, we picked fourth overall. We selected Nolan Arenado. Uh, This was the consensus pick, given what was left on the board after the first three picks, right? Yes,
0: Joe, you go first. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
1: (laughs) Is there anything else that stands out in the first round? Goldie Um, at nine. Yeah, Goldie at nine. It's like as fantastic value. Yes. Sure. Okay. All right. So, second round, uh, the twelfth pick of the second round, twenty seventh overall. We selected Noah Syndergaard. There was some disagreement here. Yes, there was. Nick, you weren't crazy about the selection. No. Tell the not. audience why.
0: Wait. First of all, I'm having a little trouble with my computer. I got to try to pull this up. Joe, you go first.
1: Uh, I mean, I as like so, the face. As, <laughs> as
0: to why you were with Syndergaard.
2: Yeah, so uh, I'm just got great hair. I, I'm with Syndergaard here uh, because I, I think we wanted to dip into the starting pitching pool – Um, we didn't want to wait, uh, till the next round. We wanted to target a guy like Dozier. Um, you, I think were pretty adamant about Springer. Was it?
0: Yes. Go ahead.
2: Um, go ahead. (laughs) So yeah, I think you were adamant about Springer and I, I liked the idea of getting the second baseman as opposed to the outfielder. um, so I was okay with us waiting for Dozier and scooping up the pitcher. Yeah,
1: and and I kind of think that Dozier better overall than Springer in a vacuum, all things being equal. Um, so, I mean, I was okay with waiting on Dozier.
2: Also, this sorry, sorry, Pat, to interrupt, but this is also an OBP league, so we're not really taking a hit with Dozier in his average. It doesn't hurt us at all. In fact, he's a plus.
1: And with respect to Syndergaard, he's also arguably –
0: Got the highest upside of any pitcher in the game. So, all right. So, yeah, all right. So I had a couple of problems with taking Guard here. And the reason, number one, is because you both know my change of strategy this season. It's not just in our league, but it's in general. Uh, I'm kind of sliding away from taking pitches early. But mostly it's this year. And the reason why it's this year is because you wait until – and I'll give an example. In this league – in round uh, one, two, three – in round five, Quintana went. In round five, Luis Castillo went. James Paxton. Like I'd much rather have Paxton in five than Syndergaard in two. They both present the same amount of injury risk pretty much. Well, no, Paxton is worse. Uh, I, I went a little too far. Paxton is worse. But as far as upside, don't, uh, they're pretty close. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you disagree with that, Joe?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I do. No, I, I – well, how do you disagree with that? Okay, Paxton, m- okay, Paxton's maybe. Nine last year, maybe. 135 innings is was better than Syndergaard's, I believe, last year or in the year before.
2: Okay, let me walk that back. Right, okay. I don't disagree with you. If in somehow on this earth Paxton pitched 200 innings, but I feel very confident that he won't.
0: So you feel very confident that Noah Syndergaard's going to pitch 200?
2: I feel a lot more confident that Syndergaard will. Yes.
0: Why? He never has once.
1: Really, I'm pretty sure that he. If I he think the most he's done was 160, in- I believe. No, oh, that no. sounds low. If he didn't reach 200 innings, um, in 20, see, I have to, I have to. Uh, uh, up uh, years threw, now.
0: He threw, he threw 183 in tw- in 2016.
1: Okay, 2016, and that's not accounting for. Um. Well, no, I was going to say the postseason, but. No, no, he didn't hit 200. You're
0: right.
2: Yeah, he pitched 190 in total. So
0: listen, I think that we could have absolutely dominated. But still, let's 10 Wait, 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 real quick. I think we could have absolutely dominated. Now, we took Dozier in round three, right? So we have Arenado at third. We have Dozier at second. We could have taken Springer here and had a a sick offense and, and have been off the bat dominating in runs. Uh, massive amounts of RBIs and runs between Arenado, Springer, and Dozier, and then focused on pitching in round four, five, and six. Where I know Pat wasn't crazy about the Will Myers pick in four.
1: Uh, just okay. Well, we're gonna get there. So let's, sure. let's 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 not jump ahead yet.
0: Okay.
1: All right. So third round, we've said it. Fourth pick, thirty-fourth overall, we selected Brian Dozier. Uh, annually underrated, Dozier's biggest weakness is batting average, which, as Joe mentioned, is taken care of in the OBP format. This was a consensus pick, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay, Joe, is there anything else that jumped out to you in this round? Uh, was there anything else that
2: jumped out? Uh, Hopkins? No, it's actually Grinky. for me. At 311, uh, I mean, I just don't want any part of Zach Greinke, and he's their first pitcher. I feel like having Granky as your first pitcher just does not feel good. I would have rather had Verlander or Archer. Yeah. Or Darvish. Oh my God. Yeah. Any of the three of them over Granky. So it's Granky for me. Nick, you wanna chime but in on Hoskins?
1: But, but
0: the Umidor. The nah. Umidor Joe.
2: Yeah. Well now is groin his velo I know velo yeah. last year, yada yada, but still.
0: I agree with you and I, I throw Hoskins on there as well. I I, I just don't see the
2: Hoskins was uh, three, pick five in, in round three. By the way,
0: yeah, that's
2: expensive. expensive. Yeah,
0: and then Konasani was the last pick of the round. Yeah, and Jose Abreu went in the fourth round in the middle of fourth. Yeah, yeah but
1: OBP. He a walk. Yeah, but Abreu. Yeah, he walks like six oh, 6%, yeah. 6%, 6%, percent. Yeah,
0: but he hits a high average. But all right, go ahead.
1: Okay, so with the. 12th pick of the fourth round, 57th overall, we selected Will Myers. I'm pretty sure we're going to spend some time here. I was no. against Myers here, but relented. Why did you guys believe he was the right choice for our team here? Uh,
0: well, plain and simple. Uh, what, did he go, what was his home run? Uh, uh, so on base numbers last year, Pat?
1: I think he was 27-24. Is that right?
0: No, try 30-20. You know who else went 30-20 last year?
1: Lindor? No.
0: Nope. You know what? I don't have it in front of me, but I'm sure it wasn't a lot of guys. Um, Look, I said it last year, pre- uh, pre preseason, spring training, that this guy is going to go 30-30. I was only off by 10 steals. Those measly 10 steals. Uh, But the year before, he went 28-28. So, you're looking at a guy who went 58-48 over the last two seasons. All right? Now, don't expect the batting average to be anything crazy, but don't expect it to be anything that's through the floor. I think he's a safe bet for 250-plus, and it's going to come with good home runs and good steals. Now they have Hosmer, who gets on base a ton. He might not be the best player. He's not our favorite, but he gets on base a lot. And that's going to boost Myers' putrid last year, uh, his RBI totals. Um, The year before, he was 99-94, respectively, runs and RBIs. So I love the pick here. There's not many guys in the league that could do what Will Myers does. He's an excellent hitter. He walks. Yes, the K rate went up last year. It definitely has room to come down. I'm banking him. I'm not banking him, but I'm projecting him for 25-plus, 25-plus with a 250 average. He's money in the bank.
2: Pat, sure. you want you want a rebuttal, or you want me to add a little? No, bit? go ahead.
1: Just add a little bit.
2: Okay, yeah. So, um, I don't like Will Myers as much as Nick does. Um, the real the real thing for me here is just the teardrop in first baseman after this. The fact that I don't have as much confidence in Miguel Cabrera had me a little panicked. Um, I understand that Myers is a minus in the OBP format. Um, but it was hard to pass up. On something like 50 home runs and stolen bases here. Um, and we thought that we might be able to make up on base percentage later. I'm not sure if we did. Um, so, yeah, it was more about position scarcity, so to speak, here for me than it was about really liking Will Myers.
1: I struggle with Myers on a couple of levels. As Joe mentioned, OBP format, he's not great at all, especially for the position. Uh, 325, he's like a 325 guy. Um, Even with Hosmer, lineup still not great. Um, And he's going back to outfield where he never managed to stay healthy. Um, I will say, though, at this point, it felt like there was no one to take. Uh, we were arguing between Myers and Daniel Murphy, and it just felt like this was like a very clear drop in the talent that was available on the board. Would you guys agree with that? Oh,
0: I agree that we were arguing. We were definitely arguing. We we, thing.
1: we discussed Chris Davis too. I
2: know. Um, th- those were the two that stood out. I think Chris Davis and Will Myers.
1: Yeah. But I, I just felt as though it was – I didn't feel confident about anybody. I'll put it that way. All right, so then we came back around with the fourth pick in the fifth round, 64th overall, Gene Segura. Um, there was some back and forth on this selection as well, but we finally settled on Segura. Is settled the correct word?
0: Well, who first of all, who was on board with Segura and who wasn't? Just refresh my memory.
2: I think all three of us were like kind of on board. Just why I would use the word settled. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't think any one of us were jumping.
0: I believe I wanted Paxton here, and I yeah, didn't but, want. Yeah, but
2: go. I think you were. I'm pretty sure you were like on board, Mr. Well, because the, there was like
0: there was like guys that we were talking about, and the pool that you guys gave to me because I was pretty much off. Off, uh, your guy's path almost every round at this point. Um, I think I wanted Paxton just to pair with Syndergaard because, God, if we hit those two guys, if those two guys pitch, we have the best pitching in the in the league. Okay, all but, right. But oh, as as far okay. as far as as far as girl goes, it's a super safe pick. It's definitely the end of the tier for shortstops. Yep. Yeah. Um, he's super safe. And he's going to be a good source of average. He's batting in a really nice spot. He's going to see good run and RBI totals if he stays healthy with D. Gordon in front of him and all the rest of the Mariners behind him. Um, so, uh, you know, and I have not projected for 15 home runs, 30 steals, uh, 290-ish average. So it, it, it's fine. It's just not that much of an exciting pick. So I think that's the world settled is, is proper at this point.
2: Yeah, I think these these two picks back-to-back, um, we definitely tried to avoid teardrops um, because the next two shortstops that went were my boy, Elvis Andres, <laughs> and Xander Bogarts, who I think we all agree we'd much rather have Gene Segura over those two.
0: Much. I like Bogarts a lot, but go ahead.
2: Oh, okay. Well, I know me and Pat would much rather have Gene Segura over Xander Bogarts. Yeah.
1: Yes, I agree. Um, yeah, uh, that was how I felt about Segura here. I mean, it was, it was a teardrop. He's a safe bet for you know, mid-teens power, 25-ish steals, good runs, good RBIs. He's going to be hitting second in that lineup now with D. Gordon in front of him. So I figured lock up shortstop here and then go from there, um, especially because we weren't really crazy about anything that was on the board at this point. So, Joe, were there any surprises in that round?
2: Yeah, the the, the one that stood out to me um, was Billy Hamilton again. Uh, I hate to beat up on Billy Hamilton, but he got pa- he got paired on a team which was lacking speed, which uh, was good for them. Um, this was Dear Mr. Fantasy um, at 5'12". But I just can't get behind taking Hamilton over Lorenzo Kane and Yasiel Puig. I mean, I sound like a broken record, but um, I'd much rather have those two outfielders over of Hamilton. Course.
0: Of course, and we both agree. I could speak with Pat. We both agree with you.
1: Yeah. Okay, sixth round, twelfth pick, eighty seventh overall. We took Miguel Cabrera. Now, there seems to be a theme here, but we already talked about Cabrera tonight, and I think we know everybody's take. So let's talk about our favorite picks from the round, other than this.
0: So my, the two that just jump off the page to me are Lorenzo Cain and Joey Gallo. Uh, it, I don't, i I'm, It may be a little early for Gallo to some. But I like the pick here. He's a guy who could stand alone as the league's leading uh, home run producer this year. So I'm with the upside there. Um, and I think, like we said, he can maybe get a little lucky in average. And he's going to be absolutely amazing if he reaches like 230 plus in batting average. As far as Lorenzo Kane, he's been absolutely off the charts this spring, if anybody's watched him. And I'm going to tell you the truth right now. I was never a Cain guy. Pat was always the Cain guy. I have completely changed my view on Lorenzo Kane. I am so in on this guy. It is not even funny. If he stays healthy, he is an easy 20-20 in the bank. But with upside of like 25-30 plus with 300 average and like 110 runs scored. Oh, my God. I
1: love him so much. Wow. Wow. <laughs>
0: He can I mean, though.
1: Really? Wow. <laughs>
0: no, wow. He can.
1: Okay, Joe.
2: Okay. <laughs> Your so
1: I, pick I, in this round. I'm
2: actually gonna. I'm actually gonna uh, talk about something different. I know the question is, what's my favorite pick of the draft? But I want to talk about something. How that's dare
1: like, you go off script?
2: I want to talk about something really important here, and that's Domingo Santana. Again, I'm gonna talk about Santana again. He went in this round. Um, what's that? A pick before us? pick after pick before us um, by six man rotation. Um, this is really important here. Uh, I think between the other draft and this draft, people are falling in the trap of seeing ADPs on their draft list and just taking guys. And my recommendation is don't fall into that trap. Don't, don't just look at ADP and feel like you have to panic and take someone. I mean, Domingo Santana is someone without a, jo- a starting job right now. And and he's been taken before very, very talented outfielders with starting jobs. Yeah. So just when, when you're drafting, just be aware of what's going on. Be aware of the players. Do, make sure you do some research and don't fall into the trap of just following ADP.
1: All right, my favorite pick of the round was Keichel. And I'm going to say this because I stick to the script, unlike Joe.
2: <laughs> Wild card. I,
1: I just think he's really solid value as the 24th pitcher off the board. Um, I know you guys aren't his biggest fans, but he's an elite contact guy and a team with a great defense. The case stuff has ticked up in recent years. Uh, the injury questions are there, but it seems silly that a proven commodity. At starting pitcher would go this late, considering all the performance uncertainty in the starting pitching pool that occurs right after he goes off the board. All right, so with we have, when with the uh, seventh round, with the fourth pick, ninety fourth overall, we selected El Puig. So we have a similar theme between this draft and uh, my great fantasy baseball invitational draft. Waiting on outfield. Considering the format, fifteen teams. Are you okay with Puig as your top outfielder?
0: Yeah, I definitely am. I think at this point, he's actually really a safe pick, and uh, that's saying a lot when you're talking about Yaziel Puig, who's been really up and down his entire career, uh, as far as what he's done, you know, publicly and 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 with the team and all the you know annoying stuff that he's done behind closed doors. But at this point, listen, he's a good source of batting average. He gets on base. He's a smart hitter. And last year, we saw him take the step in the power department, which is what we've all been waiting for. We know the speed is there. Not that he's going to steal your 20-plus bases. I don't I don't think that he's going to even come close to that. But I, I think he's such a safe bet at this point for, like, 25 home runs, 10 steals, and a 285-plus average. And he's going to be on a really good lineup, so he's going to get you the counting stats. Um, uh, this year, I, I, I put it on Twitter recently, my favorite returns in value this year in ADP. And Yaziel Puig, I think was the highest, he had the highest ADP of the group. Um, so I, I think he's going to get a big return here, and I still think he has a ton of upside. I think he could swat 30 home runs, and he could steal 15 bags and get you close to a 300 average. I, I love the guy.
2: So to to answer your question, Pat, um, I'm not actively avoiding uh, outfield or anything. I think if the best, the best player on my board is an outfielder, I'm perfectly okay with taking one. Um, but with so many guys with dual eligibility and just overall depth, especially in a standard league, I mean, in a 15-team league, I th- still think it's okay. I'm not in a rush to fill it, and I'm definitely okay with Yasiel Puig as our number one.
1: Yeah, I mean, in, in my league, I didn't do it on purpose, and I don't think we did it on purpose here. But I think what ends up happening is is that you sort of use position as a tiebreaker in certain scenarios. Um, and with outfield, as I said earlier, it's, it's just – it's the position that is easiest to replace because there's such a volume of them. Um, so it's easy to find a breakout guy off the wire or – to draft a guy late that you know breaks out out of nowhere and then your spot is filled um so I, that's that i think is the primary reason why you're seeing this with both these teams and we, yeah but he's one of the last guys that i feel comfortable with this would you agree with that yes
2: a hundred percent in yeah. fact he probably is the last guy
1: yep okay All right, so then in the eighth round, 12th pick, 117 overall, we selected Luke Weaver, and we're going to look at our next pick together with him, which is in the ninth round with the fourth pick, 124th overall, we selected Jonathan Gray. Let's look at these two together with Syndergaard. What was your thought process on getting these two to pair with Syndergaard?
0: The FWO is swinging for the fences. Woo! I love it. (laughs)
1: Win or go home. Win
0: or go
2: home.
0: (laughs) Yeah, if these three guys could be what we think they are,
1: watch out.
2: Yeah, we. It's really upside.
1: Yeah. Yeah, in the words of Ricky Bobby, we play for keeps. (laughs) Yeah, we play for keeps. (laughs) This is a first place or a last place rotation. One hundred (laughs) percent. Yep. And I think we were all happy to walk away with three guys we all liked. Right. Hey, it'll be fun. Regardless, it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. We and and I think that we might like this rotation a little bit more than most. Would would everybody agree with that?
0: Well, yeah. We got you got Guard, I got Weaver, John, uh, Joe, me and Joe got John Gray. So
1: yeah. And oh, I, I don't like John Gray all of a sudden.
2: No, you like John Gray. Too. <laughs> but
1: I think I think me and Joe are yeah, a little bit really more high. obsessed with John Gray.
2: <laughs> No, but but really, this um
1: bullshit.
2: We we got <laughs> we got all. I mean, I Nick. Even if you don't particularly like Cindergard, with the pairing of Gray and Weaver, it's Do not that I don't
0: like. I like Cindergard. Just it's it's
2: now. hard not to like all three of these guys, dude.
0: Between first of all, when once the Miguel Cabrera pick started, we absolutely crushed. <laughs> let's, just, let's move on because it's gonna get so good. In the next pick.
1: All right, so tenth round, twelfth pick, one forty-seven overall. We selected first baseman Josh Bell. Do you guys think Bell is primed for a breakout? And what do you think of pairing a young gun like Bell with Miggy as an insurance policy?
0: Is there a more perfect insurance policy?
2: Oh, thank God, we got
0: one. <laughs> yeah, this 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 was this was money, uh, not just for team comp, but for upside too. I I really loved Bell this year, and. At, I day by day he is rising up my rankings ADP wise. I absolutely love the kid. An extremely smart young hitter doesn't strike out, walks, uh, hits for pretty good average. He's got the pop potential. Um, I, I I just love him. I, I I think I think he's gonna rock this year.
1: Well, you, you Pat, <laughs> okay. Um, Bell does have some batter ball issues, but despite those. He still hit 26 bombs, and that's a little funny because the power was always the thing that was in question with him. Um, so if he can straighten out his batted ball issues, you're looking at a bat that can turn in 25 to 30 homers with plus OBP um, because the average will take a jump. And, yeah, I like the idea of pairing Migi with a breakout candidate, especially one with Bell's skills, uh, because it's two bites at that power and average slash OBP apple.
2: Yeah, so something I'd like to add, to is uh, at 147, this is a bit before his ADP. Um, and the reasoning we really wanted to, to take a guy like Bell is we were starting to worry a little bit about on-base percentage. Um, we had taken Will Myers. We didn't have a potentially sure thing in Miguel Cabrera. Segura's kind of whatever. Puig does his own thing. So we just wanted to kind of shore up uh, Bell. Um, We really wanted Carpenter, but Carpenter went the round before.
1: Well, you and I wanted Carpenter. Yeah, I don't want anything to do with that friggin' loser. (laughs) (laughs) Uh.
2: Yeah, so we wanted Carpenter. We we didn't take him. We wanted wanted to sort of solidify on base percentage. So that was the idea of kind of reaching a little bit for Josh Bell. Um, as far as upside, I don't really know. I think there is that potential, but I think he's got to make a change. Um, but I think 23, 24 home runs is very safe.
1: Okay, so we're going to look at the next group of pick, picks together. We selected in the 11th round with the 4th pick, 154 overall, Kevin Kiermeyer. Mm. Then in the 12th round, 12th pick, 177 overall, we selected Danny Duffy. And then 13th round with the 4th pick, 184 overall, we selected Ryan McMahon. So Joe, tell me your favorite selection among these three.
2: Uh, even with the news, I think it's still McMahon um, because we stuck with a theme here and that was we are either going to win this league or we're going to lose. Um, this was a home run play here and this was probably one of the earliest uh, take your guys sort of sort of pick. Um, we, went with, we went for it um, and I'm totally okay with it. I'm I'm re- in, in a league this deep. I'm cool with either finishing first or 15th. I don't want to finish
1: somewhere in between. It's roto. That's how you have to play the game. Nick, tell me the one that you like the least. The least? I, I, I want to talk about Kevin Kiermeyer, damn it. Um,. Listen, if you want to talk about Kevin Kiermaier, go for it. I mean, Joe doesn't follow the script either. Who cares? <laughs> all right, good. Wow, so
0: God. so I, I definitely like Kevin Kiermaier the most. Uh, we have been huge Kiermaier guys. I was on Kiermaier when he was like a baby in the womb. The guy's got 2020 potential written all over him. Uh, plenty of upside. It's a matter of him just staying healthy. Look what he did last year. Paste those stats out. He's not just 2020. He's like 25, 25 plus. Um, I absolutely love the guy. He's fun to own. We just have to pray he stays healthy. Uh, I like all three picks. And like Joe said, we're we're swinging for the fences every time we get a bat here. And I love it.
1: Just to add to um, Nick's Kiermaier love, um, I was kind of running a, uh, a lineup projection uh, as we were doing this draft. And I made Joe give me his Kiermaier projection because mine is just... It's insanely what good. It? What is it? It doesn't make any sense. What is it? It's 18 homers, 30 steals. Yes. <laughs> average? What about the average? 270. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. It's it's way too high.
0: Yeah. I don't, I, I don't think so, but that's okay. <laughs> All
1: right. So 14th round, 12th uh, pick, 207. We selected Hector Neris. Fifteenth round, fourth pick, two fourteen overall. We selected Josh Hader, oh. and then the sixteenth round, twelfth oh. pick, two thirty-seven overall. We selected Jay. Hatt. Oh, we're gonna win! All right, so <laughs> we we, <go>, <laughs> we double tap the relievers here. What was the thought process behind that?
0: Uh well, listen, with Hector Hernández, it's easy, obvious. I am the Hector guy on this podcast. Um, the K rate is potential is through the roof. He's going to get the saves this year. He is going to keep that job and he is going to be an elite closer with Josh Hader. He's a guy that has potential to get that starting rotation. If he does, forget about it. He's the hottest free agent in all of baseball. If he doesn't, he's still going to be money out of the, in the pen. And really quick, then the Joe, you could go, J.A. Happ, the best guy to round out your rotation with in all of baseball. These three picks are my favorite three in a row in the entire draft.
2: Yeah, so a, a route I probably would have taken if I was by myself was actually been pretty aggressive with relievers. Um, something that I'm not usually uh, down with. Um, with that said, I think the nearest hater combo is awesome. Um, we got we, we got into to the, the closers before a significant teardrop. Um, Greg Holland was the next guy. And then Brandon Morrow, who we like, but then Carl Edwards Jr., Wade Davis. So I think we got the right guy at the right price. And then Josh Hader, oh, man. I mean, talk about elite innings. He's going to get holds while he's he's still a reliever. And then we can flip him into a a starter if need be. Um, These are two awesome picks. And then J.A. Happ. I mean, what's not to love? He's a man.
0: This team is so sexy.
1: Yeah, we wanted to get the closer with the good skills, so we checked that off with Naris. Um probably would not have been the guy I would have taken, but um he's in the class. So I I am down with that pick. And then you pair that with great innings with upside the start or potentially even close with hater. Um saves plus holds here, so the saves aren't as important. Um so hater uh you know is Perfectly fine at this price. Um, and I'm with Nick. I you know, I think Hap is terribly underrated. I, I really like him here. I, I think that he's a fantastic value where we got him. Okay, the next three, we selected in the 17th round, fourth pick, 244 overall, Scooter Jeanette. Then the 18th round, 12th pick, 267 overall. We selected Sin Shu Chu. And then in the 19th round with the fourth pick, 274 overall, we selected Wilson Ramos. So, Nick, shock the world. Tell me <laughs> your favorite selection among the three.
0: Well, listen, you know I love Wilson Ramos just as much as the next guy. Uh, I've owned him multiple years in our home league, but of course it's good Jeanette here. Just for anyone who hasn't looked at the guy and what he did last year, he had 27 home runs and batted 295 in 141 games, four, less under four, 500 played appearances. Um, and yeah, he played for the Reds, and Joe, you're like, oh, he's. I don't know about the counting stats. He had 80 runs and 97 RBIs last year. Um, And I, like, like I said uh, a while back when he was a young brewer in 2015, I still see that there is upside with the stolen base potential. He gets on base a lot. Last year he had a 342 RBP, and if you look at his way back AAA, A AA stats, he was still in double-digit bags every year. Um, I think we could see that come back. Um, so I, I love Scooter. I think you're looking at a guy with upside of, you know, 20 uh, this year. I haven't projected for, tw- I think the home runs will come down a little bit. I haven't projected for 24 home runs, around five steals, but it's going to come with good counting stats and a good average, which he's, the average is money in the bank, I think, at this point. Uh, so I love the Jeanette pick and I like the, I like all three picks except two I was a little eh on.
2: Pat, what's your favorite pick of the three?
1: I love Ramos. Um, but I think based upon our team comp, I think we really needed Chu. Um because of the OBP. Like he's a potential three eighty guy. And that was something we really needed at this point. Is he really three eighty? Yeah, he's posted three eighty in the past. Joe, give some credit to our colleagues. What show other than ours had the best trifecta in this range?
2: So there were a lot of teams where like two thirds of the picks from 17 to 19. So some standouts were uh, friends with fantasy be- benefits who went Piscati, Purcello and Beckham. Um, Purcello probably being the pick I like the least. Another solid two of three was Nasty Cast with their Addison Reed, Sean Manaya, and then Cole Hamels, who could turn out to be okay if we ever get some damn uh,
1: Hey, two I- hours into the pod, hi Van.
2: <laughs> Another solid duo was a uh, six-man rotation who went Corbin Calhoun and that uh, uh, Ronaldo Lopez, which is a lottery ticket, but probably still a bit too early here. And then the last solid two was from Fantasy Sports Addicts who probably reached a little bit on the Phillies, Nick Williams, but then followed it with a solid closer. We all like, uh, Jarese Familia, and then the rookie, Austin Hayes. So there was, a, there was a lot of value in these three, these three picks here.
1: All right, let's do it. To, let's move to round 20 and beyond. Give me your favorite pick of ours and a pick you did not like. Joe, you go first.
2: Uh Yeah. So my favorite pick was actually Jorge Soler. Um, who now looks to have a starting gig with Jorge Bonifacio uh, getting pegged for uh, 50 games. So a player who in terms of fantasy has all but been forgotten. Um, so provides us with middle of the road on base percentage, but still some uh, legit power flashes. My least favorite pick is probably Tanner Roark. Um, I much would have preferred taking another reliever where we took him um, at some available options were A.J. Minter, Cam Bedrosian, or Tommy Canley, um, all of whom I would have rather had than Roark. I really wanted to make sure we solidified saves plus holds. Um, I think we might have in the in total, but I really, really wanted to be plus plus in there because we can get elite innings out of good relievers um, while not hurting us, uh, typically because holds count. Um, so it was of raw work for me. Nick,
0: yeah. So I like a lot of the picks here. I think I definitely had my hand in a lot of the, a lot of these picks. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, obviously Jose Perella is one guy. You know, I, I can't speak about him enough. I think he gets the playing time. And he's going to be awesome this year. Nimmo has been an absolute beast. Uh, And I'm excited to see what he could do this season because he looks awesome in spring training. Obviously, uh, Andrew Haney, I've spoken about him many times uh, on our pod. I'm crazy about him. Last year, he had 11, for people who don't know, 11.22 K-9 per last year. I know it was only in 21 innings, and he has had an extensive, uh, ridiculously long injury history, but... If he gives, a, gives us 100 innings, you're talking about 100 really, really quality innings. So we're hoping for it. And we're swinging for the fences. And there is definitely a pattern here. Uh, I like the Austin Hedges pick. I think that was all me as well. I like the Nate Karns pick. Uh, how could you not like the upside in Karns? I think we did really well these from round 20 on.
2: What do you think our weakest pick was? Uh...
0: Uh, well, listen. It's the last round, so I kind of was a little. Why did we take Joe Kelly? Who took Joe Kelly, by the way? I did.
1: And why he's did he's he a take... setup guy in Boston? Yeah, I know,
0: holds holds. I guess he walks a lot of people. I don't like walks. Oh
1: my god! But who cares? I, I you know if he gets not the K- but... what
0: Would you say Joe? It's not Kato walk. I know, but he, he can't Boston He was really good down the stretch last year. Uh, I know, but uh. I'm saying <laughs> Boston, Boston is competing and to have a setup guy that walks four point one nine per nine and the year before five point something. It's just it's a lot. All
1: right. So my pick that I that I really liked was one Nick mentioned was Brandon Nimmo. Um He's likely going to at least have a share of the leadoff job and the majority share as the lefty until Conforto comes back. Given Adrian Gonzalez's struggles, the issues with Cespedes, it's very easy to see a path to where Nimmo stays in the lineup all year. Um, You know, if it's Gonzalez's struggles, it could be Jay Bruce shifting the first. If it's just injury and attrition, um, you know, that's something that we've seen happen before with the Mets. Um, He's been awesome this spring. He's hit the ball on the air at a much higher rate than he did last year. And last year we saw surprising power out of him in a limited sample. I think the power is going to play up. I think it's going to be similar case to Jesse Winker. I think these guys have hit the majors. I think that they're highly coachable players and I think they're going to figure out their swings. And when they do with those walk rates, they're going to be very, very valuable players. Um, In terms of the picks that I didn't like. Well, I shouldn't say picks. The pick I didn't like. I wasn't really on board with Jorge Soler at the time. um, Because I was still worried about Jorge Bonifacio. And, well, Bonifacio is out of the picture now. So I'm less concerned. Um, But I, I do still worry that Soler is going to end up just being a complete bust. But in round... 22 it's not really a problem Um, and the rest of the picks you know I mean I had a hand in pretty much every one of them so it's difficult for me to pick one um, that I didn't like and I know the world is stunned I didn't pick Ryan Cordell as my favorite pick but you know I like to switch it up on you guys every once in a
2: while
1: Um, so what pick by somebody else post 20 did you guys like Joe uh
2: I have to pull up the the draft board so Pat
1: Yeah, I've got one. Um so I really liked Matt Davidson in the 30th round actually with the 15th pick. Um and that was to Friends with Fantasy Benefits. Uh he's worked with Paul Canerco this off-season and his spring has been extremely impressive. Um he's got really really great power. So if he can find more patience at the dish lay off bad pitches. The foundation is there for him to become a true three outcomes type asset and that is a definite value as a 30th overall as thirtieth round pick in a league that counts OBP. Um, and you know not only has he seemingly improved his ability to take a walk this uh, spring training, but he's also struck out at a much lower clip. So he's definitely somebody to even keep your eyes on in formats that aren't as deep.
0: Uh, I, I really like the Nate Jones pick here. I, I didn't realize he went this late. Round 21, uh, that's money in the bank. This is going to be his job. He's going to be the closer there, and whether he's not the closer or not, he's going to be a setup guy. Either way, he's going to be money, as he's been uh, in the last couple of years. Um, so, so either I think- way,
1: he's not going to be healthy past April so
0: well, well i don't
1: know that <laughs> 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 and nick has disappeared off the screen
2: <laughs> uh okay i got i got one so um it's in round we said after around 20 right yep. yep yeah so it's around 24 um fantasy sports addicts michael givens and we we've gushed yeah. over Michael Gibbons on
1: class. This was one that they sniped from us too. Yeah.
2: So this pick here, um, it doesn't really matter if he ever closes because he's awesome and his holds will count. So this is an awesome pick.
0: Yo, what about Haroni Yoshihisa Hisa? <laughs> what?
1: Harano <laughs> Yoshihisa. <laughs> it's you have it backwards.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yoshihisa Harano.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: It's a it's another quality <laughs> reliever pick, Nick.
2: Yo, Thanks so Nick. much for chiming in. Wait, Nick, what? oh my god. I'm talking we're talking about Michael Gibbons at the end of the podcast. Is he gonna call your mom?
1: Oh man. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's wrap it up with what podcast had the best draft other than ours? All right. So it, it's kind of hard for me to
0: choose between two. Uh, I I I like nasty casts especially like rounds one through 15. Um, woo. what was that? I said, woo. What, what was like that? North.
1: Drift. Yeah. yeah.
0: But <laughs> I think that we ro- I think we rocked the, the, the second half, but, uh, I like next nasty cast is one. Um, and the other was Joe. Who do you like? I'm going to get my other one. Hold on. I,
2: uh, I like the guys right after us. Um, you like the guys right before I like the guys right after a six band rotation. Um, there was one particularly bad pick, and that was his Domingo Santana pick. But aside from that, it was Harper, Bumgarner, Corey Seager, Aaron Nola, Derek Cole, um, Chris Taylor, Carlos Santana, who's a monster in an OBP o- o- format, Ria Mudo to-, to solidify catcher, Archie Bradley in round 10, which was a bit of a reach, but we like the talent. Uh, Willie Calhoun, who can rake. Some other later picks for uh, Racial Iglesias, Jordan Montgomery, Patrick Corbin, who we, both guys we've talked about today, Mike Montgomery and Brandon Woodruff. Um, It's a solid team that should be, should be there and compete.
1: See, I'm, I'm glad that we're all picking different podcasts because I I selected the friends with fantasy benefits podcast. Um, I feel like when I looked up and down that list, I didn't see a pick that jumped out to me as bad or out of place. Um, The one pick I would argue against is probably Kenley Jansen in round four in a safe plus hold format, but up and down, I don't know that there was a bad pick at a, at like a egregious time. In my opinion, picking one and picking on the turn, generally you find yourself chasing or you sort of control the board and let it come to you. And I think they did an excellent job of controlling the board and letting it come to them. Um, You know, a staff headline by Severino Hill, and then a couple of horses like Quato and Stroman. I know you guys aren't crazy about Stroman, but uh, excuse me, about Quato, but I, I really like that. I think Stroman's a major value providing Yeah, Stroman is an
2: awesome value.
1: Um, you know, you, you have a steel specialist that's going to provide some power in Marte at the end of round, at the beginning of round five. That's a fantastic pick. Um, two power guys in terms of Sano and Mistakis. And I love the idea of pairing Sano and Moustakis because if Sano misses time, then you've got the power at third base to cover up for him. Um, You know, moving further down, we love the Piscati pick. I know we all love the Piscati pick. Yes. Um, Similar to us, you know, they targeted a guy that's going to give them major uh, relief innings in Yasmerio Petit, uh, who had an amazing year last year. And even at the end of the draft, a uh, couple of arms that like I'm a big fan of. You got Mengen, uh Mike Soroka, who's a prospect, and Kendall Graven is going to provide quality innings. So I'm I'm a big fan of their draft, and I and I thought they did an excellent job. So we will put the links to the draft results from both leagues in the show notes. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Gentlemen, let them know where you can find them, or, or where you, where they can find you on on uh, Twitter. Find me at Nick FWO, and I'm at Joe FWO, and you can find me at Patrick FWO. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week.